if me and Jab wanted some chick bad enough to do Double Dragon 1 on each other, <laughs> I don't see us teaming up for Double Dragon 2. the imperial scrolls of honor podcast i'm josh folan and i'm jay baxter and we're gonna be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again magep bringing in the new but still retro year with nintendo power issue 10 you can find that issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at i'll drop the link to that in the show notes like i always do please rate and review the podcast if listeners feel so inclined to leave one we'll read it on the pod as is always the case also and as also the case, <laughs> what, what are we jamming on now? What are you jamming on now, Jay? A lot of games, Josh. I don't know about you, but uh, yeah. yeah, I know. I can see now that we are fucking Xbox friends. I can see everything you're jamming on now, and like it feels, <laughs> it, the Xbox feels compelled to shove it in my face. <laughs> yeah, welcome to my world, man. Uh, yeah, so I've been playing a little bit of Smite still here and there, just kind of jump into matches. Um, I, I got sucked in and bought the Gods pack, so I. Basically, yeah, the, 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 the arena multi god yep. battle thing, yeah, multiplayer online battle arena. And so, they they suck me in because everything is on sale in the Xbox store right now until like you know tomorrow. I think, um, I bought for like nine dollars this pack that unlocked all the gods. So now I'm like, oh man, now I gotta try all these gods and like you know, figure out which one, which one I like the best. So, been sucked into that one a little bit from time to time, and then. Much more so, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Got that one for Christmas. Uh, have you heard of it? Do you know much about this game? I do not. Oh, man. So this game used to be called Gods and Monsters originally, or it was going to be released as Gods and Monsters. Uh, I feel like I've heard that before. Yep. Yeah, it was a game that people were definitely looking forward to. I know Courtney was looking forward to it, you know, months back when it was called that. Um, but they It was released as Immortals Phoenix Rising. And it's really freaking fun, man. It's a... Uh, <laughs> Courtney watched me play it and then immediately bought it for herself. Um, it's kind of like it's you, it looks you, very... you two are just fucking Microsoft's fucking wet dream, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're 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 a gaming couple. I, I will say I'm very grateful to have married somebody who loves gaming like I do. So it, it makes things very easy. <laughs> you know? It would be better than if she hated it for sure. It would be tough. Oh yeah. <laughs> I would be very different right now. Um, but yeah, man, so we so I started playing that and it's really fun because it's like Zelda. It's almost like the latest Zelda game, um, Breath of the Wild, om- only a lot more without that really famous IP. But like it's different enough that it doesn't feel like you're playing Zelda. You know, it's just it's in that same similar art vein, but it's got a lot of like assassin's creed stuff built in i don't really know how to explain it it's it's kind of just like your olympic god based zelda meets assassin's creed open world game it's it's really fun though like it's it's a blast like it seems like to me that it shouldn't be a game that i really like but i just keep playing it so yeah okay definitely recommend that one and then destiny 2 i've been getting back into just trying to get better at it just because there's some people that i used to play eso with that 
are way higher level than Des in Destiny 2 than me. And I, every time I try to jump in, I feel like a scrub. So I've been trying to <laughs> jump into some matches there and kind of just get that my level up because it really is a fun game. Um, and then obviously, yeah, so I've got uh, been jumping back into more Battleground matches, more trials and stuff there, um, but haven't really been digging into my one player games you know we've been playing some matches with you which we'll obviously talk about and some right. matches with family so we played mario party 8 i'm sorry not mario party 8, mario kart 8 got that one for christmas too uh, almost forgot about that one on the switch i, I got I, it last year yeah i Amy, i, I never that last year she's a huge mario kart fan so she got that i wasn't it, it's i don't I really mean, i don't think it's that great dude like i i don't know really? I, I've, I've never liked mario kart all that oh. much I was a much bigger. I mean, I'm never not racing games. Are never been my thing. I was, I was because of the 64 level. Mm -hmm. I was way more into Diddy Kong because it had a way better. Like it was just it had infinitely more depth as a one player game. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I understand the battle mechanics of Mario Kart are, you know, multiplayer Mar Mario Kart is a big thing. And not that it's not in Diddy Kong. Diddy Kong has a great, you know, with the, I mean, especially with the three different cars, you can, or the three different vehicle types, which is part of also why I liked it, that it had the hovercraft, the plane, and the, the car, you know, just made a more varied gameplay experience. But because I got off the, off the Mario Kart train, even back at the, like, the root of it, I've just always uh, been, every time I see Mario Kart, I'm like, fuck that, Diddy Kong's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, Josh, that hurts me to say. No, I, I love the original Mario Karts. Like, I absolutely love them. And so it's kind of weird that it's been this long. And mainly just because for me, the Switch hasn't hasn't been my game my main gaming device. You know, I've just never had it until now. But we got it, you know, for the family and played it. You know, even Zeke jumped in and played it, too. And it's actually really fun. So been having a blast with that also. And that's kind of it, man. I mean, obviously, we've played some games together, but I'm going to leave it there. What are okay. you jamming on, Josh? Uh, okay, well, it's funny you just gave that like that switch to Xbox comparison, because, yes, we did this, you know, this, the, the span since our last episode went over the course of Christmas. So, of course, uh, my gaming situation changed dramatically on, on Christmas. Uh, so, like, right before, right before Christmas... I got a hair at my, like, we've been talking about, like, I needed a new game, you know, uh, mm -hmm. a, a first-person kind of adventure, long-play game. So I had heard, I'd heard the name a bunch, and I don't know if I was just going through the store and I saw it, or I, I don't know what the exact, or if I even went out and pursued it. I can't remember. But anyways, I I, I, I got a hair at my ass, and I bought uh, Hades on, on Switch. Have you, do you know anything about this? No, I only saw it when you posted on it. I'd never oh. heard of it before that. Okay, yeah, so it's, it like I caught on a bit of a sale. First of all, it's twenty for twenty bucks, and I and I I I want to say I don't know twenty five thirty something like that. But it's dude, it's fucking a fan. Like I heard like people talk about it like it's like game of the year level, you know. Um, mm. Which given what kind of game it is, it takes can take a very certain type of game player to feel that way. This is definitely not a game for everyone. I don't think it's very Diablo esque, uh, and that you know like kind of that dungeon crawler thing that's very. Okay. Um, I don't know. There's just not. Especially because I don't usually like games like that. I mean, I like Diablo, and I even even the new one. I played Diablo three. I mean, I co op couch co op all the way through that whole fucking game on on PS three. I want to say so. You know, it's not that like I've I don't know. I just I just don't even that being the case. I still don't play a ton of these games. But yeah, it's it's very dungeon crawly. You just you're you're. You're, I, you're the Prince of Hades, and that's like your character, and you're trying to escape the underworld to join the Greek gods, right, or, or some close to that variant, and. Yeah. You have to, like, instead of being a thing where you, like, 
continually progress through the game, which I think is what makes this one a little more interesting, kind of, you have to restart the journey from be- from the beginning every time you die. Which sounds like just a like a totally fucked thing, <laughs> but yeah. but it's at there are like there's a way they they build in a progression for your character and the game in general that is really different, you know, and interesting. And and, and the loot that you pick up, which it is, it's and I don't know if you've ever played Diablo or not, but it I mean Diablo is like mindless, dude. It's just oh, like Diablo three is my jam. Me and okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, great game. So yeah, but I mean, it, there's very little, you know, you're just, you're constantly getting new weapons and shit, and like, it's kind of just like, you don't even really know, you're just like, yes, the numbers are better, you're not even really care what it is, you're just, yes, <laughs> yeah. equip it, you know, like, get money, go buy more shit, like, it's just, it's just so, it's it's mindless acquisition and progress mm-hmm. to some degree or another, but still somehow incredibly satisfying. Yes. This, <laughs> yeah, this is, this, like, takes that thing, that mechanic of, at least the acquisition component of it, and then you go back, and there's just more... It's a more interesting application of your loot grab, you know what I mean? And it's hmm. it's yeah, it's surprisingly satisfying, and it's got a really morbid sense of humor, just in the 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 game dialogue and writing and stuff. Because you are, you know, because death is so meaningless because you're the 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 prince of the god of the underworld. You know, you're just like it's just like <laughs> there's like this very funny father son dynamic that I don't know my fucking uh, broken Irish fucking uh upbringing <laughs> i can relate to very well it's just, it's just very uh i don't know it's the, the 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 feel of the game the tone of the game is very fun uh so yeah so i started playing i got that and playing the shit out of it and i mean i think that uh mock i believe his name is is, is one of the one of our facebook page regulars mentioned that he was like that's my game of the year like hands down so oh, you know yeah. i was like yep. yeah you know so like it is i mean i was playing the fuck out of it and then amy got us next series for christmas so now that i'm an xbox owner for the first time like Woo-hoo! had i known that had, yeah had i known that was happening i probably wouldn't have bought hades first of all uh, and you know as far as the xbox thing goes there's some complaints nothing horrific i would say she got a, a game pass subscription from another friend of hers that works i think maybe Winning. that's something i should have brought out before uh her, her friend rona works at microsoft too i think Really? Maybe, yeah, maybe that's something I should have brought up already. Anyways, uh-huh. so that's how we got the Game Pass at a discount, and so I got that. And you know, as you've mentioned a million times, I guess it's pretty cool. The the fact that you can just, I mean, that you know, the first fucking few hours of it is just like, oh, gotta download that, gotta download that, and the fucking shit takes forever to download. And you're just like trying to like, I was like, while things are downloading, trying to download things and prioritize that download. That's like a simpler, quicker download. Like the first thing I think <laughs> I played was Banjo Kazooie, <laughs> which I thought it was hilarious to me that I got an Xbox and the first thing I played on it was Banjo Kazooie from Nintendo 64. <laughs> I think that a testament to something about me, but. So yeah, so fucking you know the as far as like things that I've played that would that I really have anything of substance to say about from it. Uh, Amy and I played all the way through a way out in two okay. days. Have you wow. do you know anything about this game? I I definitely know about it. I haven't played it. What do you think? So I mean, it's a couch co-op game, of course. That's why we picked it out and found it. And I mean, honestly, I would call it more of an interactive movie than an actual game. You know. It's oh, yeah. it's it, yeah it's very well written and it's very act well acted, uh, particularly compared to most games I think. But like the actual interactivity, I mean I feel like like there's some very light 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 puzzle elements to it. But if you find yourself stumped for anything in the game for more than like 15, 20 seconds, you should reevaluate your life and make some changes. <laughs> like it's just you know super basic as far as what you actually have to solve and yeah. you know occasionally you gotta like come up with a way to attack 
two two baddies at once where the two of you have to cooperate or something, you know. But uh, much of it is just kind of like really simple, like go get that thing. Okay, now there's a guard coming in the hallway. The two of your your two cells are next to each other, and you got to like tell the other person when the fucking guards coming. So they stop filing behind their toilet to get, you know, you know what I mean? To, to escape the prison, you know? So like very simple shit like that. Uh, but you know, relatively fun. It looks good. And like I said, and well acted, it's kind of like just playing a good story for the most part. And, and dude, yeah, there's a twist at the end that we were like, both of us were like, you know, yes, you know, with movies to get this out of me for a movie. One, I fucking just love it when it happens. Like the best example I can ever use is the game. Have you ever seen the game with Michael Douglas? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ugh. I can't believe I just said that. I, I'm gonna have to edit that out of the podcast. Actually, I hate my that I just did that because that movie like is on a whole other level of like yes, just you know, holy fuck, that's incredible. I had did not see that coming at all. At the end of this game, like to get that from a game, a, a game story blew my mind. Like I like the end happened and I was like, no way. <laughs> so pretty good writing if you can do that in the game. I think you know. Nice. Well, that's cool. So yeah, we played that all the way through, and like I said, it only took two days. Uh, and then we moved on to some light questing fair with Minecraft Dungeons because we, there's not, you know, that's one of my gripes actually. There's not a ton of couch co-op stuff, man. Dude, there's so much. That's what I was trying I to say. But they're all fucking shitty games, man. I don't like. There's not any. There's not many good couch co-ops that that we found. My like Minecraft is it's like you it's it, you the way you put it is perfect, dude. It's cute. Yeah. And good. Good for all ages is how you described it. And that's perfect because <laughs> it's not a deep, deep dungeon crawler at all. It is fun, and I do. I mean, I am kind of actually. It is kind of there is some difficulty associated with truly balancing the use of your items and the move sets, like the role oh, and stuff. Sure, remembering to use the role, keeping like you know using the little charms and shit frequently enough to really use them to their most effective thing is like a, a kind of a hard thing to keep up with you know oh yeah man uh, so, that so you know more complex than you think what's that so that game can be more complex than you think we beat it but like we died many times on the way so. for sure yeah yeah i mean you know part of it's just button jammy death you know but yeah it you, there there is I, like that i think that is where the difficulty lies and truly coming to an understanding of like a really good combination of all the all the gear you can get and it's it's function, you know what I mean? That's I think like really the challenge of it is just like excelling at that and like really getting a both both coming to and building a good combination and then being able to truly apply it well. I, th- I oh, think is sure. kind of, you know where the where the fun of the game is. But yeah, I mean the, uh, yeah, there's not there's not a ton that's really. Like we would not be playing that if there was a ton of options for this, you know. <laughs> I guess I could see that because we. Even though it feels like there's a lot of fun games now, I'm thinking Couch Cop for the most part with me and the kids. Like usually if me and Courtney play, I mean, that's kind of why we got two Xboxes to begin with was so we could play all these amazing online co-op games. You know? Like, yeah, I mean, say, like, yeah, the, the, the first thing this, on the solo front, I fell into Journey to the Savage Planet, which I was playing this morning at 6 a.m., like I mentioned. And <laughs> the reason we found that was because it was on some co-op reco lists, you know, but it's not. It's online co-op, no couch, yeah. you know, so yeah. not in like, you know, I have no idea how you could possibly do that game as a couch co-op because sharing that sharing your screen in that game would be a, a fucking nightmare. But, you know, yeah. I don't know. Uh, it would just be nice if there were more. And uh, as far as that game goes, though, Savage Planet, it is fucking great, man. I mean, I've already pitched it hard to you and Jab when we were fucking around online, but it's very in the vein of Subnautica. 
but it's not in an aquatic environment, but just as far as like the tone of it, like mm-hmm. you're on a completely foreign uh, alien planet and much of the game is centered around the idea of exploration and coming to an understanding of your environment, you know, as opposed to, you know, I mean, there is a gun and you have to shoot it. So, you know, it's a little further down the road of a boring old FPS than Subnautica is, but it does enough to mitigate the importance of that that I actually enjoy it, you know? And there's a, a ton of resource gathering, crafting trees as these things go. It's pretty well done in here, though. But the thing that I love most about it is there is a fun... And Subnautica has this, too, which is part of why I love it. But it just has a phenomenal humor writing in the game copy, like with, with the HUD computer voice, you know, that you interact with because oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're alone, you know, much of which also uses again going back to Subnautica, the, the kind of the corporate tyranny dystopian future angle <laughs> you know uh we're just like a corporation or corporations in general have have just in, in the worst possible way taken and capitalism have just taken over everything that everyone does and uh to to like really drive that home and i think you saw one or two of them when, when we briefly co-opted is those mock commercials that just randomly play in your spaceship when you return yeah. to it and they are just so fucking brilliantly done. Which one did you see? Do you recall? Oh man, I don't even remember what it was. Yeah, uh, I think the first one is that the 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 grog or or what the hell is it? The it's like a it's kind of like soylent, you know, just like a, <laughs> a, a a food like a quasi food substance that has just you know no no value other than just like meeting the basic the most basic and, and, and minimal nutritional value to sustain life. <laughs> you know what it's, it it's like? Because I feel like Zion was like, wait, what? what is Grog? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's what it's called. Uh, and that's, you know, it's one of the first items you get in the game. And I don't know, it's just, there's a bunch of those, dude. There's one where, like, the humans, it's like a sea monkey. It's, it's, a, it's a twist on a sea monkey tank, basically. But, you know, because now humans can be cloned. Like, when you die in the game, you don't, uh, you're not. You don't come back to life. Like the way they narratively justify bringing you back to life after you die is you the the com- your computer has stored your genetic data and can basically clone you. And that's actually how they tell it when you teleport. And they, when you teleport in the game, and there's a bunch of you know fast travel stuff that teleports. And every you know, early on, your computer tells you like you know we don't ever say it because it sounds bad, but teleporting is just killing you and then re and then cloning you in a different space with your memories <laughs> <laughs> you know like Whoa. so you're right so when you die it's a, i guess it's a slightly more harsh way of of reinstituting you than the 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 transporting because it says like if you do it more than 50 times and i don't know if it's just joking with this or not but it says if you do it more than 50 times because like when it brings you back to life it's only replicating like 99.97 percent of your genetic data exactly you know or, or mm. with what you what you were prior to death so the computer keeps saying like if you do it enough times like that percentage is going to add up and you're going to come back all fucked up <laughs> so, so, like, so like it keeps telling you that every time you die you know so that's, again just another example of the humor in it but so anyways yeah, yeah so they because because humanity has like gotten has this cloning technology they can clone miniature versions of human beings also so they have <laughs> they sell this product is selling it's like a sea monkey tank but with miniature humans and it's the tank is a shopping mall and it's just like a it's like a little contained human 
playset, you know, but with real live humans that are miniature and they're just running around like, you know, there's like there's all the things that these things in the mall that like send them all freaked out. So they're all running around being crazy and shit and like trying to spend money on things. And like, it's just, <laughs> oh, dude, it's 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 so fucking good, man. It's so fucking good. There's a, and there's a bunch of them that are, you know, equally there's like a phone sex line one. There's a a video game ad one. There's a bunch of them. And they're all just, you know, I don't know, the just the most extreme uh, satire of what humanity is on, on track to become, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's so good. It's so brilliantly done. That's actually way more interesting than I, and like detailed than I thought it would be. I might have to check it out because every time I saw, would look at like the a trailer for that game, it would look visually so stunning and beautiful, but I'm like, ah, oh, I'm afraid I'm just going to get sucked in. It sounds like that's a game I would just get sucked into for hours and hours. You will absolutely do it. I mean, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Uh, the music is fucking incredible. The, the title theme song, like I want to download and add it to my MP3 library. fucking good wow the, yes yeah, so the music's really good the it, yeah i mean you i mean as you would expect I and mean, it's kind of to me that's kind of like the fucking baseline expectation but it looks incredible and you know the to, what gets me into these games is whether there's some depth to it you know to the to the writing and to the just i don't know how, like how you're like like i said you're it's so much more about you're not just shooting shit like you know it's so much more about like, you got to go out and around and scan everything and like you get it get an understanding of the genetics of, of all these fucking creatures and like that's part of the the collectathon in the game any of these games is gonna have a collectathon aspect to it and that's one of the collectathon things is kind of like again scanning and coming to a, a visceral understanding the whole, the whole the whole story of it is you're you're working for this the fourth it's I always calls it the fourth best uh interstellar travel company which is hilarious <laughs> in of itself but it's the fourth best uh, interstellar travel company and you're out on a mission for them or out on a job for them and you're supposed to be going to this completely uninhabited planet and it turns out that they were wrong you know and they're like when you get there and they find out that it's not that there is intelligent life or uh, any trace of intelligent life on the planet that they like they want like, holy fuck like you gotta like mine this and and turn it into profit for us so like you know they're like they don't even give you enough fuel part of the whole thing to force you to do this thing is they send these people out without enough fuel to come straight back so part of your job when you go there is to find enough of local material that can be turned into the fuel to get you back to earth <laughs> so, so like that forces you to go out and explore basically you know so that's brutal and also really cool at the same time Right. Yeah. And yeah, the, you know, when the CEO of the company finds out, he's the one that immediately, immediately starts uh, communicating with you via, via the little computer on the fucking thing. And he, he's like, he's, you know, you can tell he's like, he's just the smuckiest dude ever. And he's just, you can tell he's just like totally trying to manipulate you into share shareholder profit basically oh man <laughs> yeah, dude, it's, it's so good it's so fucking good and so well done and um yeah and we briefly co-opted too and like it, it's kind of the thing about that is like you can't do that i was so much further along you know what i mean so like yeah. it, it, it would be a fucking blast i think if the two if two people started from the beginning and like explored and found this place discovered this place together like i think that would be a fucking blast but if, yeah. if, if you're not on the same page it's kind of just like 
all yeah. the all the mystique is gone because you know you the, the other person knows what the fuck to do and that's this is so much more about discovery than about the gameplay itself you know makes sense makes sense yeah so that's fucking good man i also started dabbling with dragon quest 11 and one of the batmans uh, that are on game pass too i don't even know which one offhand uh, certainly both are what i expect them to be solid i guess but right. nice the only other thing i figured we should talk about here is the one online thing that we really did together was uh, a multi of Sea of Thieves with Jab and another buddy of his back in Cleveland, Doodles. And this is a pirate-themed deal with some kind of FPS mechanics to it, but there's also a ton of other gameplay elements that are actually interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, FPS or not to me. But yeah, there's this, yeah, there's a ton of shit, dude. I mean, I don't know. Like, you know, to tell me, tell me what you thought about that experience. Dude, I thought it was so much fun. Like, this is a game that I have thought about. Obviously, I work for Microsoft now. Like, I, I know there are targets for this game, you know, expectations for this game. So it's a game that I knew was a big game, even a game that people from ESO, because, you know, for people who may not know, I was a part of a big ESO guild. And, you know, obviously people left that guild, but we were friends and stayed connected on Xbox. And I, I've seen a lot of people in Sea of Thieves, and so I've always been interested in it, but never, you know, now would be the time when I would be interested in jumping in, but nobody I knew was playing it. So with that said, I thought it was really cool. Like the artwork is kind of cartoony, obviously, like it's not fully realistic, right? but yet the scenery and the water and stuff is so visually amazing. And the, the co-op aspect, the fact that we were working together, like for me, the most, the absolute most fun thing was we were in that ship battle and we were winning and then we lost but like it was just exciting to be blasting of, yeah, ship. yeah and then have to... like oh fuck this fuck go run down to the bottom and fucking patch the thing and fucking yeah, yeah like we need, we need someone else down here to fucking get the water out <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like yeah, it's... It's, it's almost like when i take assassin's creed right because i played all the way through assassin's creed odyssey and i have been playing assassin's creed Valhalla. And both of those games have a ship aspect to it where you can battle other ships. And so I'm used to that. And it's like, you know, that's cool. This this game, Sea of Thieves, has that too. But it's so much more detailed. The fact that you have to patch up the ship and fix it and like just you work like the multiplayer aspect is huge because those other games are single player. Like it's just you doing what you whatever you want to do. But just the fact that we were all working together and trying to communicate like that. I totally want to do that again. So yeah. it, was, it was very fun. Yeah, it was so that that aspect of it was so cool. Uh, yeah, and uh, you you kind of touched on it, but yeah, it, it walks a great line between simulation aspects that challenge you and and make it you know challenging, obviously, <laughs> you know, and that's 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 part of having fun with something. But it's balanced so well with just like cool, fun shit, you know, like the the whole idea of to get off the ship when you dock somewhere or drop anchor somewhere you can climb in the ends of cannons and just have your buddy shoot you onto the island you know like that's clearly, <laughs> clearly not even close to simulation or realistic but it's like who gives a fuck you know it's just a fun way to do it like it, it does not diminish the reality that you've immersed yourself in at all you know and like as a game developer that's such a I don't know, that's such a fine line to walk to be able to create an environment that, you know, is simulated enough 
to create challenge and for the player to understand it kind of, you know, just inherently that, which is, I think is a necessity for a game like this. You can't be running around trying to like figure shit out from scratch constantly, or you're going to lose the fun of it, you know? So yeah. these, these, you're like, a, you're a pirate. You've already done this a little bit is the whole idea. <laughs> you know what I mean, this is not your first day out on a ship. So like, yeah, it does a great job of, of, of balancing those things and, and, and making it fucking really fun, you know? And yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of little dumb things you can do to express yourself and make the game your own, your character your own, you know, the fucking, the the totally aesthetic things you can do to your character are just fucking virtually endless. There's, you know, different, obviously, equipment you can get, like even, you know, there's, I really liked the the time passage that you have while you're going from place to place is, you know, it does, there's no fast travel. So you mm-hmm. actually have to sail your ass from place to place and it's a fairly big world. So to counteract the monotony of that, they built all these things in that you can just do with your time that are kind of fun expressions of yourself, you know, like fucking dancing or there's a bunch of different instruments you can get and you guys can fucking play music together. And there's a bunch of different songs you can play, you know, <laughs> and just like, there's just a bunch of really fun, stupid little things that they built in to fill those gaps of, yep. you know, new shit happening to you. And that's really cool. And, you know, we only played, we played for six hours, which is fucking nuts. <laughs> right? I was like, I didn't that long but i had fun i'm glad i did it <laughs> right yeah for sure so yeah that's fucking insane to anything to, to hold my attention for six hours is kind of crazy from a gaming standpoint but even in that all that time we you know there's different types of missions and shit the, the I, I really in, enjoyed that the the one that was like not really as you might expect not really battle-based it was it was more of a like a the scavenge scavenger hunt where you have oh yeah 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 you know where we yeah we got like it gave you all these i don't know like little passages of of text and they were kind of like riddles you know and you had to go to this island and apply these opaque riddles to the environment and as you would like figure one out it would open up the next part of that sequence and you it would give you another couple lines of text uh, another riddle basically and you have to go out and and solve another puzzle you know so yeah that was super cool that it's not all battle shit you know um yeah really good but yeah i mean that yeah even the battle i i didn't you know the 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 running around first person fucking whacking with a sword kind of sucks as it always does in those games any fast-paced fps thing like that particularly with melee is like usually just a little fucking messy and it is a little messy but the the ship battle stuff was fucking awesome and like i i I don't i don't know if i could tire of that like it's that was it's really well done yeah, I could do the ship stuff over and over again. And I think yep. the fact that it's multiplayer, I mean, it's and and that you cannot fast travel, at least that we've found yet, like it lit like it's perfect because you're sitting there on mic, you know, likely with your friends and that's your bullshitting and talking and, you right, know, like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, there's a ship, you know, and it could be coming after you or it could just be a potential target for you. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> and like, you know, like we talked about, there's that whole. Yeah, I can't believe I mentioned that already. There's the whole element of like, you know, you see that ship on the horizon and like there's just there's no telling what its intentions could or will be. You know what I mean? And <laughs> Like that, just that fact alone is a like it's a whole different level of gaming. You know what I mean? Because, and there is like you don't have to battle. Like I mean, I don't really even understand the exact mechanics of it. But that one we interacted wanted to form an alliance. I don't even know what that means really, but I know it means they don't want to kill me. So like, you know what I mean? So like, I think they flew the I think they flew the the like alliance flag or something 
Okay, so right. Yeah. Didn't Which want is to cool, you know. Yeah. Right. So, but like, you know, the the idea that like, you know, you just there's just no telling what's going to happen. You know, n- n- these games, like, I mean, Assassin's Creed. If you see a ship, you have to kill it, right? Pretty much. It you right. either fight like if it comes within that range, you're fighting or you're running. Like there are no other options. Right. Exactly. And the idea of making that an uncertainty, just that incredibly small, but just wildly fucking expansive change <laughs> yeah, uh, is is just incredible and it just makes a completely different experience you know what i mean they're like, and, they're like oh shit, there's a ship get ready all right all right yeah. grab your grab the yeah. cannon and we, you know and we didn't even get into you know like the the guys were saying jab jab and doodles were saying you know we didn't even like come close to scratching the surface of the different battle tactics you can implement the idea of getting like like boarding the other ship like you know Dude, I, I don't even yeah. know how the fuck we get there and, and accomplish that but like the way it was moving, like we had a hard time keeping up with those ships to even shoot them. You know, I can't imagine how the hell you get your fucking ass onto the ship. But, anyways, like the idea that you can do, like you know, that's like high level siege tactic. That is like, you know, just if you can learn to do that well, it's got to be a fucking blast. You know, so yeah, I'm excited talking about it. Like, right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. So yeah, well, I, I think we'll definitely do that again. So that's pretty fucking cool. So yeah, man, that's fucking, that's really, that's the only things. Uh, I did diddle with a few other little things. That dot game that you mentioned is really fun. Hyperdot, yeah. yeah. Um, Wait a minute. So Amy must be a much bigger gamer than I thought then, because it sounds like you guys have gamed quite a bit together. Oh, yeah. yeah, we play, we do a ton of, ton of, uh, usually cooperative stuff. She doesn't like, Yeah. Comp- she thinks I'm too competitive, I think, but. Uh, or maybe she's too competitive and we just fight, but either way, <laughs> <laughs> either way, it's, we usually do, do, uh, find co-op games pretty much. I mean, we, we usually have one going at all time. Like we call it questing. Dragons from River City Ransom. Like I said, it's got its own track name. That's how you know it's a banger. Right, exactly. So there's only been a handful of those. Like Castlevania was like that. I think Mega Man might might have been like that. No, those are still even though even Mega Man was was still like Woodman theme or whatever, you know. So yeah, yeah it's it's not a not a frequent thing that the the soundtrack of a game from this era is good enough to transcend time and become it's like a, an actual soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is because we are reading Nintendo Power Issue 10 here, and that is from January, February 1990, and it still has a 350 USD cover price. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's despite the fact, I guess, that it's the fucking 90s now, and uh, that is very different than the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo was kicking that shit off with a bona fide bang. This cover featuring live-action stills from Tim Burton's 1989 summer blockbuster feature film, Batman, the what I would call the first modern superhero film of any real substance. And I mean, should we even get into this now or should we just wait until we get to the feature? Like the, the IP I'm saying right here on the cover. You can't really, can't really get let's, around. Let's, let's wait till the feature. Actually. Let's wait. Till okay. Let's, let's get, let's get through the cover here and get rolling, get some traction before we get off on a 40 minute tangent. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. 
let's not do let's not do this to the listeners. Let's get them vested first. So yeah, so I mean, anyways, the, the the cover itself is it's Jack Nicholson as Joker in the foreground at his absolute creepiest, I would say, with a surprisingly insignificantly sized Michael Keaton as Batman, small and in the background behind him, and you know. A, not all that sure what that background is supposed to be. I don't know, is it smoke, perhaps? I don't know, that thing looks like a pillar, maybe, to the upright, right, like, to the right above Nicholson's maybe, head. And then maybe, maybe it's some smoke, those, too. Uh, like a factory, with, and that's, like, one of those big silos, you know? Okay. That. Out of it? Because, you, know, you know, like, in the first Joker, where, like, he fell in the vat, and that's what, like, sure. they get his face or something. Sure. Maybe. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's probably just Photoshop work because whatever was there was fucked up looking. <laughs> it's probably this Blurry. Yeah. The headline logically reads, A Succinct Batman. And below that reads, Explosive Special Feature. Did I say right? <laughs> Explosive Special, special. Feature. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, below a don't miss bullet point, they list three titles of pure fire. Super Mario Bros. 3, Shadowgate, Double Dragon 2, Another bullet point reads, double bonus. And below that says, Nintendo, World of Nintendo catalog and 16-page Tetris tip book. And, okay, Galen Howie, take it fucking easy. We're coming. So sl- slow it down a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're already here. We got the issue. It's in our mailbox. You don't need to fucking pound us over the head with, with heat. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Let's go. Yeah, so inside cover is a subscribe to the mag full pager we may or may not have seen. I can't tell these fuckers apart for the most part, but they got a dude in one of those shiny silver jackets with a billion zippers on him, and I want one so, so badly. (laughs) But but he is showcasing one of the team power pins, which are also hot, and I never had one despite my subscription, and I think that's because you only get these if someone else signs you up. Uh, That's that's kind of a bummer. The flip side of that page has the full page explanation of how you can get a poster if you sign your buddy up for the mag. As, as I just explained, you get the, you get the pin, I think, and or no, yeah, the friend gets the pin, you get the poster. So that that whole explanation is on on the flip side of that. And then the TOC comes after that. And beyond being its usual beautiful self, this is where we first lay eyes on the poster this month. And the poster is a huge illustration for Dino Wars on one side. And a River City Ransom map on the other. And Dino Wars isn't out till April, but River City Ransom is live now. And I had never seen either of these uh, sides of the poster before, so I was pretty fucking stoked because both are pretty cool. The Dino Wars art is really fucking hot, and I posted that on our socials. It's a, it's a massive robot dinosaur standing on a lunar surface, and it's got a giant planet behind it. And the robot itself is in a set of crosshairs, you know which is, I think, a pretty cool foreground touch to, to the whole aesthetic of it. So, Really cool poster, and that shit would have definitely been on my bedroom wall if I'd had this issue <laughs> when I was a kid, but I did not. And the River City Ransom map is fucking awesome looking at it and would be so helpful for making sense of that game. You know? 100%. Like, yeah, knowing where all the goddamn shops and what their contents are. I also posted this on our socials too, of course. Uh, and yeah, yeah, I, I want this physical poster i was looking at it on ebay it's like, it's only like 17 bucks i think <laughs> so that, that's all i'll say man i need like my own separate man cave i would buy that and put it up on the wall like sure well, it, it's achievable at a fair price when you get there once you once you buy your own house <laughs> you said <laughs> yeah, but look at this table of contents like it's i would like to submit to the court of loric like this episode 
this issue as one of the greatest of all time. Like we're talking about Batman. We're talking about Double Dragon 2, Super Spike V-Ball, River City Ransom. Come, I mean, come on. Yeah, it's yeah, it is a lot. That's why I said I have 16 pages of notes, which I'm pretty sure is the most I've ever had for a Mac. <laughs> so, yeah, fucking pull up a seat, listener. This one's going to be a long one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So getting into the, the the actual contents of the mag here, we get our the first couple pages of Player's Pulse comes after the TOC and Mailbox is the first thing they put there. And the first letter is from Jim Jackman of St. Clair Shores, Michigan, inquiring as to whether Mario has had a nose job at some point between the original Mario Brothers and Super <laughs> Mario Brothers 2. And this is a very reasonable question as evidenced by the sprite art shown from all three Mario games to date below the letter. So they point out very specifically that his nose was much pointier in OG Mario Brothers, like the... Yeah, basically, well, it's 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 not Donkey the Donkey Kong era, but the original Mario Brothers, where you're jumping around and flipping the turtles over from below and then jumping them and killing them, you know, with the little POW block in the middle of the screen. So in that one, his noise is much his nose is much pointier, and then it's much more rounded and cute for Super Mario Brothers two, you know. So the the editorial staff shrugs off the controversial accusation as just a natural change that comes with aging, as opposed to him actually getting cosmetic work done. So. <laughs> the right. the PR team is coming to Mario's rescue in this case that he is not fixated on himself to the degree to spend money on his on his look. <laughs> uh, the the second letter Drew Jordan of Miami, Florida wants to know how the hell to get his foot in the door at Nintendo HQ as a game counselor. <laughs> so Great question. Right, yeah, exactly. And I, I think many a question many a kid had at that time. But they, they divulge all openings are filled via Seattle Metropolitan Area Newspaper Classifieds. And requirements include a high school diploma, excellent phone and writing skills, and being a whiz at video games. So I fucking I think I can do all three of those fucking things, Jay. <laughs> I can handle all three of those fucking those those uh, expectations, I think. Just fine. I mean it, it totally makes sense. I mean, if you lived in Seattle, yeah, sign up, you know, like pretty much like in any other corporation, like if you live in that city, like go for it, you know, see right. that. And, you know, and, and, and because of how much the mystique of Nintendo of this time, uh, Nintendo of America, it kind of, you know, them just getting a foothold and, and really blowing up at this time the, uh, and how kind of like what, what the game counselors kind of represented or have come to represent about that era, I guess, and, and Nintendo of America of that time, there are a lot of stories out there about how these counselors got their jobs and how they started. And I, I know there's, I think I've talked about it on the pod before I listened to, uh, there's one that I've, I've uh, has been interviewed a few times on a few podcasts I've listened to that he wasn't even 18. He didn't have a high school diploma. And it was like a whole thing that he, I think he lied about it maybe or something like he like really? tricked he, like tricked his way in and got and got the job without these three incredibly basic requirements. <laughs> you know. So yeah, it, it's there there are stories out there about how these 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 people got their got their jobs there and that that's kind of cool I think that it's it's become that big of a thing. But okay. so, Yeah, so that's all fine and dandy, but they the, the them below they have a photo and this is where this whole letter gets off the rails, dude. I got I got kind of upset about this. It, it is it is it's here with the clear intent to showcase a game counselor at work is what they're trying to depict with this photo, right? And it is a guy at a desk 
an NES sitting atop a 13-inch CRT in front of him. And it's got Dragon Warrior on the screen, which is kind of cool. And the dude is playing with the NES Advantage, which is also fucking cool. And there is a ROB, a Rob Robot, sitting on the desk off in the corner there, which is another nice touch. And that's all fine and dandy. But this individual in his deep V-neck, by the way, sweater... With, with collared shirts sticking up out of it, is holding the NES Advantage like a fucking asshole, <laughs> and I find it I found it so offensive and patronizing. It's like <laughs> it's like like a real game counselor would never hold their advantage that way. It's like he's like holding it. He's got his left hand on the joystick, which makes sense, but instead of having your two fingers on the two buttons like you would for an arcade stick, he's holding the side of the the right side of the controller, and he's got his thumb out. So you would have to alternate between those buttons. And I, I'm telling you right now, I've used the NES Advantage my whole fucking life. It's an inc- I, I, sitting over there right now. It's how I played Dragon Warrior myself. And no fucking way. <laughs> There's no fucking way. There's no fucking way you're holding your controller that way. There's just no fucking way. And, yeah, I don't know. Get Gale and Howie on the horn immediately. I want to talk to someone. I'm super fucking upset. <laughs> like, I, was, I was just... It's like, I don't know. It's, uh, you know, you look at a picture and, like, you know, it's like the, the one. What's the one thing in here that's odd? It felt like one of those fucking highlight magazine things. You know, like circle the thing that's <laughs> fucked up here. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Just, yeah. just it made it so patronizing. That's yeah. hilarious. I wonder if they just used whoever was around. You know, how some of those companies do that, where it's like, hey, we need. We need a picture. Who, uh, we, your, we, we, we really like your V-neck today, Todd. Go over there and fucking uh, <laughs> jump in this picture for the fucking thing. Yeah. Like, hold the controller. Like, no, no, not not the normal one. Here, use this one. He's like, uh, okay. <laughs> right. He's never played a fucking video game in his life. He's the goddamn, he's probably like the fucking <laughs> CFO or something. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So that fucking upset me. So those are the two letters that I really had anything to say about. Did any of these others jump out to you? <laughs> I, I, I like the one from Scott. So he asked why all the other mags talk about Mario 3 and the Super Famicom, but it's not mentioned in Nintendo Power. He's like, were you scooped on your own stuff? Like, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, yeah. That was a good, that was a good I, sentence. Were you scooped? <laughs> like right. he's, I don't know. Like he, he says it like he is a news professional. <laughs> he's, he's, he's on the beat, man. He's a detective from the he's 80s. Like, he's on the beat, <laughs> He sounds like he's on the fucking beat. Yeah, that was funny. But it, it's funny, though, their answer, because it, it's kind of interesting because it aligns with how we kind of pick games to to play, because they talk about how they cover stuff that's either coming out in the in the U.S. or that's about to be released in the U.S. And he was like, you know, when Mario 3 is about to be released, that's when we drop, you know, Mario 3 stuff here. And I'm like, huh, that kind of makes sense, kind of like how... We don't really play a game unless it actually gets released at right. that time. And you know what, man? We're talking shit about him being on the beat, but how the fuck? Like, I had no fucking idea Super Mario Brothers 3 was coming out until Nintendo told me Super Mario Brothers 3 was coming out. So that meant that this dude had his finger on the pulse in some way, shape, or form, <laughs> like a guy on the beat, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that, that uh, superseded this appearance by right. but in, it was in, out in, in, in the but it was out because that's what i mean like we saw it in game pro and stuff like it was in game pro it was in the wizard like it was right well like, that's you know and that's that's probably exactly what it was it's probably not as deep as as, as i'm jokingly trying making it out to but yeah and, you know game pro is monthly yeah. although they're january yeah we haven't done it was in that december issue so yeah it was in game pro's december issue 
Like, we've definitely seen Mario 3. Right. We saw, but I was thinking maybe that was the January of GamePro is what I was going to say, in which case uh, yeah. these would have hit the newsstand at the same time. So, yeah, it's kind of fucking insane that someone else broke this ahead of Nintendo. I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's pretty crazy. But, you know, I mean, you know, they were certainly showcasing it at conventions and shit, I'm sure, you know, demos and what have you. So it's not like they wouldn't have expected or, um, or you know, maybe because it was so early, which is why we're reading these magazines. It's, it's the formative years of these fucking gaming magazines because that news cycle, if you will, did not even exist yet. Nintendo didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> For sure. That's pretty, that's pretty fucking interesting to think about. Um, yeah. So Video Spotlight is is after the mailbox and Power Player, but neither of them really did anything for me this time around. I don't know if you those guys excited you at all. But Not really, I mean Jeff mentioned Dragon Warrior, so he gets my respect, but otherwise right. <laughs> Yeah, beyond that. Moving on. I, I don't want yeah, these are only interesting if you want to clown on the person. I didn't want to clown on these people. <laughs> <laughs> so the cover feature comes next and it is a six banger on Sunsoft Batman. And this drops in February, so it is now live for a game app. And this is a, now is the time. This is a derivative property of not just Batman and the DC comic, but very specifically of the 1989 Tim Burton directed Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson starring summer blockbuster film. So we should talk about that before the game, probably, I think. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm like, did Jack get paid for this? Like, he's on the cover. He's right here. Like, uh, It's, you know, it's with the least license that, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I don't know, man. It, it's, it was, he was huge by then. That's how you even get a Tim Burton blockbuster movie like this. Um, but yeah, you know, I don't know. It's it's a good question that we'll probably no way of finding the answer to as to whether or not he would have had some sort of merchandising thing, you know, because and th- again, that kind of harks back to the whole idea of like the first modern blockbuster film. Like now, I'm sure if you fucking if you're in uh, what's her fuck Downey Jr. playing Tony Stark every time an Iron Man fucking action figure gets made with your face on it i'm sure you get some money but oh, for sure yeah, yeah back then <laughs> because action figures from a movie not necessarily as much of a thing maybe your agent even jack nicholson's agent doesn't even think of that you know what i mean so it's it's, it's a good question as to whether or not underlying ancillary pro- or ancillary revenue streams might have trickled back to the actor that's a good question yeah but this was freaking huge man i mean this oh, was dude. like the movie was everywhere. I mean, Prince had the bad dance song. Like, this <laughs> yeah, did you, was, did you, you did couldn't you, get past it? So the fact that this game came out, it was like, yeah, I'm playing this game. Of course. Did you go see the movie in the theater? Of course, dude. Are you kidding me? I, yeah, you know, I would like, you know, I sadly do not remember the experience whatsoever if I did, but I feel like I just had to, uh, <laughs> you know, there's just no way I would have shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> Until I was taken to it, you know what I mean? Like, I just can't oh. imagine a, a situation where in 1989, I am not just, like, constantly shut, not shutting them. But then again, I was, dude, I had no way of, like, I don't know, man. I didn't, you know, I didn't have 1989, what was I? That was fourth grade, eighth, third grade, I think. Fourth, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, like I had friends at school, but I wasn't like I wasn't a kid. I think it's part of my parental situation. Like my dad was not like hanging out with other parents from school, like you know, from my school. Like just was not happening, you know. So I didn't have a ton of like 
go over a kid's house and fucking play video games together experience like that once jab came into the picture and he was not quite yet like you know he and i did a lot of that but i didn't have like a uh circle of friends where like other where news could trickle to me so any video game knowledge or news came from a book or something that i had access to i was not you know i had no way of finding out current events in media you know what i mean and like you know maybe them watching the news in the morning it would have trickled to me that this movie was existed and was a thing you know like sitting there in this fucking eating breakfast in the morning before school dad watching the news like that's the only way i'm getting any world i'm not reading the fucking newspaper or anything you know what i mean so like it's possible maybe that it didn't get out of my radar when it was in the theater and that's why i don't have a a recall of of going to see it because i actually didn't but um yeah i don't know I don't know, man. I, I don't remember the actual movie theater experience either, but I, I know I went to see it in a theater. Like, there's no way I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing. Like, I absolutely 100% saw this in a theater. Like, I'm yeah. not even questioning it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This is, dude. I mean, it's, uh, regardless of when I saw it, I certainly did see it as a kid at some point or another, even if it was, wasn't, or once it was on video. But the, it's a fucking, yeah, fantastic movie. And I was like really fucking into it, despite I was never really much of a, I was into comics by this time, but I was never really much of a DC comics person. I was, I've mm. always been more Marvel ish when yeah. I was, when I was a comic kid. So yeah, I mean, even despite that Batman is the one DC character that I've always kind of liked a little bit. Like I, you know, Superman fucking totally turns me off. The, the, a lot of those other characters don't do anything for me at all in the DC universe, but fucking Batman is the shit for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, my favorite scene might be the art gallery one where Nicholson and his gang dance around to yes, that Prince song and <laughs> and and the face priceless artwork while Vicky Vale just watches them. You know, that's like a really fun scene. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I also I think the opening scene where Batman is introduced is also fucking fantastic. The I'm Batman shit. Don't kill me! Don't kill me, man! I'm not going to kill you. I want you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, it just, I think even just the costume itself, obviously over the years, we've seen all kind of different kind of Batman costumes and and subsequent movies. But like even this first one was so cool, you know, like it just, yeah, it was just so cool. Yeah, again, it was, you know, uh, 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 that's just another example of like why I think of it. And I think everyone, you know, most people who fucking think cerebrally about these movies think of it as the first modern superhero movie because yeah there was like this level of effort to make it real whereas Mm -hmm. every previous iteration is almost you know it embraced that it was a comic book thing and and at no point tried to make it feel like it could actually exist in this world you know what i mean so that is pretty cool i was a fuck just a great great film that can be you know I don't know. I fucking hate superhero movies too. I think like modern ones, I can't fucking stand. I want them all to just. Fucking, <gasps> it makes, it makes, me, makes me so excited that they. Some of the more recent ones have have not done what they hoped they would do. So I think Blast. they. Blast. Gosh. Oh. I, I hate them. Like what they, they. They didn't like. They didn't know yet what they were going to do to the film industry in making this movie and. Oh. Say more. What do you mean, Josh? Uh, I mean, making tenfold movies of derivative properties with no original quality to them whatsoever that have no fucking redeeming intellectual value to them whatsoever, that are purely based on spectacle and have no fucking 
effort to make the person watching them even think, let alone analyze the world around them, which is what I think mm. film should do. Um, so, mm. yes, that's why I feel that way, Jay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they didn't know that when they were making this. They were just trying to make a good movie that happened to have Batman in it. And that's cool. <laughs> so getting back to the game, which is what the Nintendo Power is about here, less so the movie, but the game makes every effort to tie itself to the film. And oh, for sure. Yeah, it does a really good job of that, I think. Well, there's a number of absolutely legit cinematic cutscenes and like very well done digitized sprite art likenesses of not just the characters from the film, Batman, Joker, Vicky Vale, etc., but the actors portraying them in the movie. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. they, it, like, it might as well be called Batman the movie, the game. Yeah. Yeah, I think it actually is. <laughs> or no, it's called I think it's called Batman the video game. But that is because I think Batman, Batman the movie is what the, I think it's called Batman the movie, technically. The movie, the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it for sure uh, are not fucking around on that front. And the headline of the feature in the mag goes a little something like this. A madman has taken over Gotham City and only one soul has the power, the will and the means to stop him. Batman. <laughs> and that's this branded title treatment style with logo is beneath it. And there are a bunch of screenshots and, of the cinematics and stuff, and live-action screenshots from the film are peppered around a, a pretty awesomely written story blurb. And just looking at those Batmobile cinematic stills plays the music from them in my head. <laughs> and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah oh, and yeah. that's because the music is fucking great. And that's, you know, Sunsoft, Sunsoft music usually is great, but... Sure. I immediately had the urge to fire up the game. Immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure, the music is fucking great. And the... Proceeding from that, the next five pages are detailed stage maps through stage three, four, including boss battle strategies. And the stages and bosses in the game kind of contradictory to what I just said, don't particularly align with the film's narrative if you want to like really grasp at straws for criticism of this <laughs> of this yeah. game. But they're fucking awesome. So Yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fucking great. I mean Joker's at the end, which is obviously whatever. Firefly is the first one and he is a like a legitimate Batman mm -hmm. adversary, you know, but the bosses in between them are kind of just shit that work good for a video game boss, you know, which I, I'm glad is, is I think is more valuable <laughs> to say the least than um making shit that adheres to the ip so i'm I'm glad it didn't just tie to the movie I, I was actually just talking to to courtney about this the other day i hate it when games just completely follow a movie storyline you're like okay i watched the movie i don't need to play the movie sure, also sure. so yeah. Yeah, it's I you know I agree I I want you know I just we had a whole 30 minute fucking diatribe about how I like enjoy the discovery component of Savage Planet so like I don't want to lose cuz also on the same note I don't really play many video games that I would say are based on movies. I hate derivative properties in any sense for the most part. Again, making the exception with Batman cuz the Batman games are pretty good, but they do they don't try to adhere to anything. Like they, they those games are like crazy well done as as yeah. far as like creating a whole new thing, you know. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I personally agree with that, but there is no question a sect of, and, you know, I, like, yes, I feel that way, but I also hate, it's not that I need to follow the story, but I do need it to, it to adhere to the integrity of the IP, I guess, like the core of the IP. Like, I hate 
when when video games ignore like it's like a sloppy ignorance of the underlying IP, you know, just in, oh yeah, and that's and that's less prevalent today. That's more of an old OG game thing because they were licensing these games out to companies that were just trying to make a fucking video game for hire, and like the whole idea of a fan base freaking out about fucking something up like this didn't exist <laughs> yet. You know what I mean? So, yeah. you know what I mean? It, it's a different time, and that's part of why where that comes from. But yeah, uh, yeah, I do hate when when, when it's like a, a gross negligence on that front. Anyhow, in the Gotham City Cathedral, Batman finally tracks down the Joker. This could be the justice he's looking for. This is the end of the line, and that is the the epic button uh, on the end of the Stage 5 preview that I really, really like. Dun-dun-dun! <laughs> yeah. So they do, do a good job of cliffhanger, cliffhangering the, the feature, too. And I own this game as a kid. Uh, I've reacquired it as part of my childhood reclamation project, and it is fucking fantastic. It is also hard as fuck as a video game. But we will play it someday, I promise you. <laughs> Dude, I, I, so I immediately enjoyed the cinematic and the music, and I could definitely play it more. I'm on stage two one right now. <laughs> okay. Dude, you gotta, so this is a perfect fucking reason to do it. I played it when I fucked around with it for the pod here. I played it in 3D on 3D Sin, and I posted the whole opening cutscene. And the first level of doing that on our social. So the video is up so you can check it out to, to see it in that in the 3D emulator. But I, I would, would say as far as playing it, like I, I would still recommend doing it and getting the 3D emulator. One, because it's only eight bucks or whatever. Uh, and it's fucking cool. And all the games in it are fucking amazing. So I would say to score that. But the I will say as, as far as Batman on it goes, it does look cooler slightly. But it's probably one of the lesser augmented 3D iterations. I've tried on that thing, you know, of the 90, whatever. I mean, not that I played all 90 games, but uh, right. that, that it supports. But of the ones I have, which is probably, I don't know, maybe a dozen, 15 of them now, this is the one that probably had the least change to it. It did still look cool. It looked fucking great, but there's just not a lot. I expected more, particularly with those cinematics and stuff, you know, I expected more to be done with those. And this looks like a little bit of a of a blow-off job on, on the behalf of the 3d cent people <laughs> for their maybe that was tougher to do or maybe they're just like whatever you know? yeah i mean you know it is it's, it's, a, it's not easy it's a yeah yeah sure it's not easiest in general but this game this game there's just a lot going on visually with this like the backgrounds are very full you know mm -hmm. there's a lot of effort to making a a fully built out environment as opposed to, you know, in Mega Man, like, yes, there's a background, but it's just a sky. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's not like all these are like internal environments for the most part where there's shit going on and it's very, very good looking shit in the background. So I can see why that would be tough to, especially on NES hardware of any kind, you know, to, to, to make that into something more. Yep. They follow that up with another six banger. This on Kenko Seika's Shadowgate, and here we fucking go again. <laughs> I'm like, man, really? Yeah, just me vibing on this fucking game for thirty minutes. The <laughs> there, there is awesome original artwork at the top of the piece, uh, the, the the feature, and it's a rendition of the room where you have to grab the shield just in time before a dragon at the end of a long dark hall incinerates you. Which is, a, I think, a, it's a cool moment in the game, and it's one of the ones I remember playing as a kid mm. and dying a bunch, you know, <laughs> you know. So like, <laughs> that's that's a cool memory that like they 
I don't know that I, you know, it could just be by happenstance, but there's also a part of me that thinks this, I think there's a lot of care in this feature in particular. So, you know, I, I think that that is probably a conscious decision and choosing that very important moment in the game. So that's pretty cool. There is a fun tagline after the, the title there over top that art, a brooding mystery in an ancient castle. And uh, that's pretty fun. And the first page is dedicated to explaining the PC origins of the game, which we discussed at length. But more fun than that here is a word I've never seen before that I wanted to point out. And that is Warlock Lord. One word. <laughs> yeah, warlock. Not Warlock, not Warlord, <laughs> but a War Squared mashup that's extra sinister. And I dig that shit. <laughs> warlock Lord, yeah. Uh, and all my D exploits and like medieval fantasy fucking gaming i've never seen warlock lord so. <laughs> i like it it's it's funny because we've obviously talked about this game before and i've not been interested but like the lead in here is very well done like it it tells you the action takes place in your imagination yeah. so like you need to come in with that in mind you know it's just cool that they give you so many details it it, I, I feel like it sets it up better. Whereas before I've just kind of been like, eh, or yeah. I know you've talked about it, but like that kind of explains more like yep. for that casual person reading mag, you know, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this first page after that initial, just like story setting and world of PCs bullshit is fully dedicated to explaining the UI and simplifying it, I suppose, because particularly as a kid, I mean, think about it as a kid, you see that as a kid and you're like, uh, what <laughs> you know what i mean like fucking that's oh that looks complicated <laughs> like, i just don't have the bandwidth to fucking figure that out so you know trying to simplify that as they've done here is a smart and and and, and useful choice yeah yeah so they go from that to giving us a numbered map of 16 rooms in the castle then going through those rooms one by one with pictures and explanations of what the hell to do in that particular room. And I would say like, it's a little deliberately spoilery, but you know, for a game that doesn't have like an action component to overcome. So all you're really doing is solving puzzles, you know? So there's a part of me that thinks having shit solved for you diminishes playing the game a great deal, but on the same token, like what the fuck else could they do for a feature of this game? You know, <laughs> you know? And, and they do only go halfway, maybe two thirds into the game. So there's plenty of mystery left after reading this. And there's also a ton of great artwork that's pretty awesome that makes it, you know, again, a game without a lot of action component to it. And, like, so much of this is happening in your imagination. Not every kid is the most imaginative, <laughs> you know? So, like, the idea of making these fun, illustrated, almost examples of what you're supposed to be picturing while you play is also probably a really good marketing tactic for this game, you know? Yeah, I, I could see with the much more detailed, like, everything that they have here, which is way far more helpful than anything we've seen. Like, I could see myself getting lost in this game if I had the time to do it, you know? Yes, it gives the game its due respect and consideration, and I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Following that is a four-page preview for Super Mario Brothers 3. And <laughs> this is next level... Hype effort, in, in, in my opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah they, they, they take a like a really deep dive behind the scenes approach to this piece. And like they're, they're showcasing like all the work that goes into a triple A title before we even knew of them as triple A titles. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. that was like a really fucking cool 
way to 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 introduce this game. I guess is what I'm saying here. You know. Again, the, I'm yeah, still the, bummed they didn't turn him into. I'm still bummed they didn't turn Mario into a centaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That, that was yeah. The yeah. There's a they 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 were the, the you know they were talking about. They call it the, the section that says a, a new look for Mario, where they, they they're getting into an internal discussion about like designing the new power ups for the guys, you know, for Mario and Luigi. And yeah, the, the they mentioned the one rejected idea here, and it's that it was a centaur. Yeah, and that's if you it's a half horse, half human. If you're not finished, uh, finished up with your fantasy creature compendium read <laughs> that I'm sure everyone <laughs> out there is working on. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they they nix that, and then they also say that the raccoon tail idea was apparently one of their very first as far as power up things go, if not yeah. the first. And they, they, they tabled it uh, a while before like ended up like circling back to it and, and, and decided to go with it. So it's like the best in that game. <laughs> That's pretty, I mean, you know, I've fucking read and consumed just a ridiculous amount of Nintendo stuff, history, bullshit, and listened to seen a million interviews and da 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 da. These were little factoids that I'd never heard before. So that's pretty cool. You know, that, this was a deep enough dive to be able to present stuff that just has not permeated into the Nintendo fucking zeitgeist is, is pretty deep dive. I think. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, hype level achieved. Cause I mean, yeah. if you think about it, like the wizard just came out like the month prior, you know, if, if you don't have Mario three yet, you're like, Oh my gosh, ah, this is what it's all about. You know, I just yep. saw it in the movie. Heck yeah. I was Some super- of us, not all of us saw it in the movie. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> So they, they go from like, that shit about the game to uh, Nintendo deity uh, Shingiro Miyamoto, who he took the lead on this and so many other Nintendo classics. He's cited here as being very partial to the Chain Chomp character they first cooked up here as one of his favorites. So oh. that's also just a cool little fun fact about a very, very well-known Nintendo figurehead. And they have a full page on the design documents and programming efforts needed to facilitate the game. And these are fucking cool. Look at man, the, the design documents that they have. And there's there's like sprite art grids. There's level maps. There's just a bunch of cool shit in these like super grainy photos here. <laughs> that oh, if you yeah. can parse them and see what they are, are pretty fucking cool. You know, hundred percent, man. You actually, like you actually see the environment that they did the design at. Like I think that's Miyamoto at his desk, which is pretty cool. You know, so. Heck yeah, I'm pretty sure I read this issue like when it was new. Because like, did you notice they mentioned that he's working on the Super Famicom and Super Mario Brothers Four, which became Super Mario World? And I, I thought I, I that now. Oh yeah, man, I remember geeking out like thinking that was happening because I was aware. I was one of those people that was on the beat, and I knew this. That <laughs> just worked its way into the fucking. <laughs> the, uh, the vernacular of this podcast being on the right. beat. <laughs> but yeah, man, like super, like knowing that like Super Mario Three, which is amazing, just came out, and that they were already starting on the Super Mario Four, was like, what? Super Mario is the greatest thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Pretty fun, man. And they, and they close this out with a retrospective on Miyamoto's career to date, and a conclusion blurb below that highlights Super Mario's. Brothers 3 was created by a whopping 10 people over two years' time. And that, to me, is just so wild to, to think about. That it, it, I don't know. It, it takes more than 10 people to turn on the lights in the morning at Morning HQ now. <laughs> or at, at, at Nintendo HQ now, rather. It's like, yeah. you know, it's, it's fucking crazy that 10 people built that game from scratch. It's just insane. Yeah, I would agree. 
The final Miyamoto quote in this piece reads, We are especially proud of the magical wonderland we created in Super Mario Bros. 3 and the dastardly, fascinating, and repulsive enemy characters that live in it. And that is a very eloquent statement yeah. about, about a creative work that someone created, you know, from a great fucking person. And we thank you, Miyamoto. Exactly. Man, we very much, <laughs> very much do. My life would be an empty fucking suck hole without your work, probably. So... <laughs> Yet another sixer on Capcom's Willow comes after that. And is this the third one of these or the, the second? They're like, they're fucking just pounded on this game. It feels like there's, there's yeah. been several. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I, either way, the amount of pages supporting the idea of a side quest are growing. <laughs> and, I, and I'm still just like so resistant. No <laughs> and, and funny. Sure I want to funny enough, you know, I was when I was picking music, uh, Zion asked, she's like, what? You know what kind of game is Willow? And I just like pulled it up, and you know, watched a clip on YouTube. And this guy's walking around. And it looks kind of Zelda-ish, but also you can see the little menu like it where it looks RPG-ish. And I'm just like, yeah, no, I don't have time for this. Like, there's much more interesting games of this style that I'd rather dig into. You know, like again, like it, it's it's just a rental. <laughs> like thing that I bumped into as a kid and was a curiosity, but not enough to make me actually pursue getting the game. And like, I've just never had yet. It's just like, it doesn't quite push me over the edge to do it, you know, in my adulthood. So like, but it's right there on the cusp, you know what I mean? So it's right there on the periphery of what I want to accomplish in my video game life before death. So, you know, uh, (laughs) I feel like, you know, Court and I watched the movie a couple years ago, fairly recently because I couldn't remember it as a kid. I know I was obviously watched it as a kid, but I didn't remember all the story and I watch it. And even now I couldn't tell you what happened, but I, I was, <laughs> eh, you know, it was our, it was our movie. Like I'm not, I'm still just not, I'm not feeling that pull to go back into that. Do world. You, you fuckers like the Lord of the Rings too. To me, it's just like, it's like a, it might as well be a precursor to the Lord of the Rings. It might be. Well, I don't even know. <laughs> it, it, it's actually part of the star Wars universe, but like the, Courtney likes it. Courtney definitely does like it. She's completely into all that Lord of the Rings, like fantasy sci-fi stuff. That's definitely up her alley. I'm just, I like a lot of sci-fi stuff too, but just, I don't know. This particular story just did not catch me. Just didn't. Okay. Well, in the piece here, they have a ton more maps and even more new item breakdowns. And there's just, there's just so much inventory in this game. Seemingly like, give me all the inventories. That might be the thing that has me most wanting to fuck with it is just like the, you know, we've like so we've seen fucking two or three pieces on this game. They're just there's just every page on the game <laughs> in the margin there has a, an entire page length of items, magical items to acquire. <laughs> and like that to me is very appealing, you know. For some reason I was thinking it was turn based, so I was actually pleasantly surprised that it's not. So that would be one plus in that direction. Oh yeah, but... for for sure live action. I honestly feel like that was one of the things like as a kid I remember I feel like I was frustrated by the live action component of it. Really? So, yeah, that it, that it's made. Not that just it existed, though I like turn-based RPG more for sure. But I feel like it that component might be a little clunky, and that might have been part of the thing with the game. But the video that I watched uh, this morning, like that showed Zai, was really it. The even the swing of his sword, at least what I saw, looked very similar to Zelda. That's why I was like, well, maybe this could be good if this is 
kind of built off of that Zelda architecture, then maybe. And I would, you know, I would say it's honestly, it's closer and more, adv- it's infinitely more advanced and better looking, et cetera, et cetera, than the original Zelda. I would say it's much closer to Zelda, that Zelda Link to the Past on the first Zelda on SNES. Oh, really? Both both <laughs> visually and just gameplay style, like everything about it. Okay, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Like, I mean, you you mentioned that sword swing. Like, that is the sword swing from. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Maybe that's what I'm thinking in my mind too. That Zelda. <laughs> this is what's yep. Yeah. So the last big six banger in, in this issue is on a claimed double dragon. Yeah. Yeah. The revenge. Yeah, sorry for nobody in the, the fucking subtitle there. I apologize. Yeah, the, the first thing I thought when I saw this was how cruel a reality it is for you to be forced to have to choose between this and River City Ransom, this Dude. being the first released appearance of both. <laughs> I texted you and I was like, because I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, wait, they're both out yeah, right now? Rough. Oh. Rough. Very rough. But I'm this sure. dragon look amazing. Like, tell me they don't look cool. Like, this. <laughs> Yeah, the artwork is great, and I, you know, I, it's funny. Like you mentioned, you pointed out how important it is to you. I never noticed that the revenge subtitle ever, and all my thinking of this game prior to reading this magazine or this issue really? here for this podcast, <laughs> I had never noticed that the game had, was called the revenge. So maybe my love of the series to me, I knew. Yep, the revenge. I have, I have zero doubt, Jay. So if you give, <laughs> if you give the small story blurb a read, it will highlight that the first game was about Billy and Jimmy being at odds over the lovely Marion which it's always a creepiest fuck way to refer to any like the lovely whatever is <laughs> very creepy syntax for me, but that's a side note. <laughs> this, uh, this, this game, she is gunned down by the black shadow warriors gang and they put their differences aside. Billy and Jimmy, I'm saying put their differences aside in a quest for vengeance. And I don't know, man. I mean, if me and jab, wanted some chick bad enough to do double dragon one on each other. <laughs> I don't see us teaming up for double dragon two. I just don't see it happening, you know, uh, like, you know, and like jab, jab and I have had our differences over the years. We've had, you know, I got a scar on my knee from us physically battling <laughs> where he smashed the pint glass on my knee and ripped up my swishy pants and my, you know, my, my knee bled for hours. So like we've had our, you know, we've had our fucking differences, but I don't see us having something this big of a rift and then teaming back up. It's quite, it's quite the leap narrative for me. Uh, I, I don't know, Josh. Maybe that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, like life, <laughs> life is tough in the city right now. <laughs> life, it does sound like life is tough in the city. I'll give you that. They, yeah, they, they also give you a little breakdown of the, the various attack moves you can do with your meager two button control set. And I think it, Frankly, it's impressive that, that, that there's this much moveset <laughs> variance with two buttons, you know, is, is really, I think, an accomplishment on their behalf. So, oh, yeah. Cool job there. And then there are four pages following that of full mission, not stage, maps with numbered points of interest in the game. And I love the stage names. They are so fucking 80s. It's incredible. There's Into <laughs> the Turf, At the Heliport, Battle in the Chopper, Undersea Base, Forest of Death. And they, they, you know, just, they got to call the helicopter a chopper, obviously. And you might as well lob me a get to the chopper, Jay. Get to the chopper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Fucking uh, requisite for this situation here. And 
Yeah, the very first note on Mission 4, as far as things I like from this piece, is they try to get used to the... They say, try to get used to the 3D depth in this game. You can use up and down movement to make mincemeat of these guys. So, one, mincemeat, great word. Two, <laughs> the, uh, they're right. So much of this game, and most beat-em-ups of the 8 and 16-bit eras, in fact, are just... They're just getting close to an enemy on a plane above or below them, then quickly moving on to their plane from there and attacking you know what i mean like it, or the other thing is also jump kicking nonstop is also a road to likely success and beat em ups <laughs> and like these two like very known i don't know mechanics i guess known quantities is it, it makes for a rather boring and repetitious loop in my opinion and that's probably why even the best of these this being one of them are not particularly high on my great games list because that's you're just doing that over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Change my mind. It's it's so fun to do though. Like it's just <laughs> like it's, it's, I liken it to the Minecraft dungeon discussion from earlier. Like yes, you're crawling through the dungeon. There's going to be a, a ton of enemies coming your way. Maybe 500 in a level. But it's freaking fun to mow them down. Like it, it may be repetitive, but it is fun to drop a bomb on them and then to slice them a thousand times. Like that's just fun to me. So like to me, this is the same thing. Like yes, when some of these bigger enemies come, you gotta kind of position yourself where you're just a, a tad bit below. So that way you can jump. That way you can try to jump kick, and if you miss, you can hit them immediately with an uppercut. Because if you're right. If you're too close to them, you're going to get jacked. If you're right on the same plane, you're going to get tossed behind them. So it's just yeah. it's almost like a strategy game within the action game to me. So I like it that way. Okay, real-time strategy. Fucking Jay trying to fucking make the pitch. This is a cerebral effort, huh? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Good times, man. I don't want you to miss out. I don't want you to miss out. So the last page is a screenshot preview of Mission 6, which is titled Mansion of Terror, with some large artwork of some blonde thug. No idea who that's supposed to be. But there's also a closing hype line here that reads, That's all we can show you for now. Billy and Jimmy's quest for revenge has only just begun, but neither will rest until someone pays for Marion's life. So, again, nice closing hype line. See, so yeah, man, this fucking game. I, I mean, I agree. It's one of the premier beat-em-ups on the system. Some would argue the undisputed number one. And I do remember it fondly. I think I recall a rental session or two with Jab where we tag team this bitch, but never, I, I definitely have never fully avenged Marion Slane, if I recall correctly. I did, I fired it up and, and diddled through the first stage here for, for prep. And it's, it's as solid as, as I remember and would probably be a reasonably fun co op play for us, I will admit. Ah, there you go. That's what I'll, I like here. All right, I'll, I'll I'll leave it there. Uh, I I fired it up as well. I I got a tad bit farther than you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. How how much farther? In the game, you can play it. There's three modes. You can play it on practice. You can pr play it on warrior. You can play it on. I think the third one, if I remember correctly, is called like supreme master. And so I just played it on the Warrior. In this game is just so 80s and fantastic. Right? It's great. Did you fuck with the practice? Is I feel no. like, now that you're saying that, I had forgotten that entirely, but I feel like practice won't let you go past a certain part in the game. Maybe like maybe so. I, I didn't mess with practice, but I did on Warrior play all the way through the entire game. And, but 
there's only eight levels, but it basically tells you at the end, like, well done, Double Dragons, blah, blah, blah. You need to do this on Supreme Master to fully complete it because there's an extra ninth level. Ninth oh, that is, so like, oh. that is fucking, dude, that's crazy. I was like, ah, oh, so I got to come back and do this on, on, the, on the Supreme Master with two people. Let's go, damn it. That's, that's such an extreme move by them. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I was satisfied, but I was like, ah, son of a bitch, I got to do it again. Stage one theme, and that is a. Uh, ah, uh, yeah. Again, I don't know. Just such a intense childhood memory. That song. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. And that gets us into some smaller features, leading us off here in the second act of the mag. The first of which is a two-pager on Technos developed NOA released Super Spike V Ball, and that is obviously a volleyball game, and it is a very good one at that. I owned this as a kid on the combo cart with World Cup Soccer, and I have reacquired that version. You can choose from four two-man teams, each with their own pros and cons. One team is made up of a couple of defensive tough guy, like they actually feature like the characters on the last page there, and they <laughs> you could they they feature a couple of defensive tough guys in leather vest, and they're named Billy and Jimmy, and that is clearly an homage by Technos to the main characters in their top franchise, Double Dragon. Which is uh, cool. Yeah, they're getting their volleyball on, man. They got to get yeah. fit. We just covered this. I mean, I don't do this issue in general is just like a Technos jerk off fest. <laughs> <laughs> like Technos did all these yeah. fucking games. So it's a uh, yeah, it's a great fucking game, dude. And, and it's four player enabled too. Yeah, the, the, the controls are fantastic. The graphics are fucking great. It's a it is a really really fucking good volleyball game. And like volleyball is not, you know, like, I don't give a shit about volleyball. <laughs> just like it is kind of fun. I I have. <laughs> like beach volleyball i've played it maybe like four times my whole life and i've had a blast each time it's the kind of thing i just you know there's just facilitating it as any sort of regular activity it just seems like way more than i'm ever gonna put forth but uh, it, it is a fun activity and i remember i remember enjoying it in gym class even even though my forearms would, would get all red and they would hurt badly from playing <laughs> <laughs> recall this is the price of admission josh <laughs> yeah i recall really really disliking that as, as a kid but i still enjoyed the game other than that so you know oh, sure i i play volleyball this game is so much fun like yeah. i i definitely fired it up played it like i played it in front of his eye and i was like if you want to play let's play this game like it's still fun yep so it's it's a really good you can definitely we, we could we could actually parsec this one it's, it's a fun co-op versus the computer you go through like the tournament i you can go through, like a tournament i think and and play computer all the other computer characters is pretty fucking cool and yeah it's got like you'd have to only worry about one character that'd be nice (laughs) yeah yeah instead of both for sure yeah because yeah i mean it's you know it's uh i don't know the it's funny that they paired it i mean it's not funny because it's a sports game and it's the same developer so of course you know it makes sense to pair them as, as sports titles on that card but they both have like there's there's this thing going on with them that's like like the super component of it, like the like they they they, like they try to supercharge a, a, an aspect of the game to give it like a little bit of a surreal aspect to the gameplay that I think in both cases adds a lot of fun you know uh, in this case like the the idea of a super spike like you can you can both do a super spike as a character like to, or rather on offense and you can also do a super block on defense 
So it's, I mean, it's pretty simple. I think you just jam on the A button a bunch before you you do the before the the contact with the ball. But on the flip side, you can do the same thing as a block too. So like if someone's going to super spike you, it adds the extra strategy of like making sure you get your super block in place or or if you if you don't if you don't get it right your character just gets blown the fuck up by the spike you know? <laughs> like completely fucking knocks him down and the ball bounces off of him and your you, the other character is probably not getting underneath it to it, it's not impossible you can get blown up on a super spike and then still as a team recover but you're not going to have as good of a offensive return if you get yeah. blown up you know so yeah, it's just it's a really that the the strategy aspects of volleyball are well done in this and uh, are not lost with that surreal component. They it only makes it better, you know. And the World Cup's the same way. Like there's these super kicks you can do where the ball goes like it fucking scrunches down. You know, it's moving so fast that it like smashes down. You know, when oh, yeah. you kick it, and uh, it's it adds to a, a pretty fun component to soccer too. So. It's a fun mechanic, and I mean the colors are vibrant. It's it's just a it's a great game. It's a great game, for sure. They have yeah, you can see it there. So they have the different courts that you can play. You can play in Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, and the skylines in the back have things that are you know kind of stereotypically to some degree, but nonetheless associated with those cities. So yeah, it's pretty pretty cool and well done game in all aspects. As, as much as you could build out a volleyball game, I think <laughs> they've yeah. done it here. So next up is four pages on Clash of Demon Head, and this dropped in January, so it is now live as well. And I must read this table setting blurb they have at the top of this of this piece. So please, <laughs> the the headline reads "The Man and the Mission," and it goes like this: There I was catching some rays of the beach when the headquarters called. They had another impossible mission for me. I'm the one they always call when it's crunch time. I'm Sergeant Billy Big Bang Blitz of SABER. And that uh, the, that acronym comes out to Special Assault Brigade for Real Emergencies. <laughs> and, and I'm the best at what I do, busting bad guys. And then it says, in Clash at Demon Head, you guide Sergeant Bang through the twisted passages of Demon Head in the search of a kidnapped professor and his doomsday bomb. And all of that last stuff is in quotations. <laughs> like it's like it's coming from Sergeant Billy Bang Blitz himself, you know, like he's saying that to you as the player. Uh, so that's, you know, I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. So like, I don't know, bombastically worded is the only way I could put it, you know. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that. And it's not in this text, but the professor's name that he's referring to is Professor Plum, which is one of the characters in the Clue board game. <laughs> which is fucking, I don't know, weird ass thing to rip off. But. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe the developer is a big clue enthusiast. And yeah, man. I mean, as far as the rest of this piece, I mean, fucking where to begin, dude? I mean, the, yeah, it, it's just, the name is just so intensely over the eight, uh, top '80s action. I'm saying the character name. Uh, uh, I got to go back and look at it. I can't remember it. Sergeant Billy Big Bang Blitz. <laughs> like that's just right. clearly uh, yeah, like, over the top alliteration for one. Two, just like all I don't know, just like really in your face. 80s action stuff <laughs> you know that's what uh, it action action fight yeah just fucking testosterone the and the acronym for the organization is fantastic yeah it's just all written with so much bravado i can i can barely stomach it it's fucking incredible so they then move on to a kind of sort of not linear overworld map with numbered points of interest and then three pages of 
POI breakdowns and tips the rest of the way uh, about the points of interest. And many of the blurbs are signed HQ. Again, just kind of like a way of styling the copy to make it n- within the game's narrative. And that's that's kind of a nice touch. Like all the little blurbs are like HQ delivering you some intel. You know what I mean? It, yeah. It's kind of how it's presented, which is it's cool and, and a nice effort. And as I said, when we came across the previewed last issue, my uncle had this cart at his pad for part of my childhood, but I remember next to nothing about it, so I I fucking fired it up just to try it out. So, did you fuck with this game at all, dude? I did. It, Yeah, it it just feels behind the times to me. Like, I I just couldn't continue it. Yeah, I mean, as far as the overall, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'll get to that too. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. But... The opening cutscene when you fire this fucker up is hysterical. <laughs> uh, so fucking good. Uh, if I did, I had to have posted on our socials. If I didn't, that's insane. But the I should have. the The year is is it starts off. And it's like the year is nineteen nine, and like it, you don't even usually you get like the title screen and then the cutscene starts. And this one, just when you turn it on, it just fires right into it, which is an interesting, different choice. But so it starts and it says the year is nineteen nine X. So it's just an undefined year in the decade the game came out in. <laughs> like, you know, like it's not like 2050, you know what I mean? It's like fucking just like a few years later, but we're not going to tell you which one. I don't know. So that's fucking weird. Could be next year. Like, <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, and then we go, we pan over from like they they start. It's just it's it's a very cinematic choice. Like I don't know how much you break apart fucking movies, but the opening image of a film that's trying to really adhere to to the laws if you will of filmmaking will often start on this ecu of something and then pan over to introduce character or story you know what i mean so they'll start with just this really what the filmmaker perceives to be interesting or perhaps even significant imagery and then move on to story and they try to do that here for a video game cutscene and to me that's hysterical <laughs> so they we so we pan over like there's some very cute little crabs scurrying across the sand and we pan over from that to learn sergeant bang you know is not just at the beach alone as that description blurb i already read described he's actually with his bikini clad girl mary so he's at the beach with this girl right and then a call comes in on his very small cell phone looking device which is kind of forward thinking to me <laughs> you know that's not how cell phones look back then or it looks more like a cell phone nowadays than, than obviously the fucking clunky old cell phones of, of that era so he so he takes this this phone call and then he just tells his girl he has to bail and leaves her at the beach <laughs> <laughs> it's just like fucking later and she's like all right okay bye <laughs> right <laughs> it's just fucking hilarious to me again just so in line with like uh, just everything else about this game so yeah i laughed i laughed heartily at that <laughs> so yeah it the goes from that crunch time right <laughs> yeah. the uh, so yeah, it goes from that to the title screen menu and this is pretty cool too the menu, the menu has two options it has attack and that's with an exclamation and then password. So attack is start, and that's a, that's pretty fun. And again, nice. That's your little effort there. So you choose attack and go to the map screen, and then it has a... Well, firstly, it has a spunky little ditty that I really like a lot. And then, yeah, and then you, like, you, you fucking just pick your... whatever you... whichever level you want to go, and like I said, it's like... it's kind of linear but not you know it's like you can go 
Like you have to choose different splitting off routes in some places, but in most cases, they kind of either one just kind of run around you back to a very specific flow through the game, you know, flow chart. So, you know, it's, it's, it's like, they want to try to make it feel like it has variants, but it doesn't really, <laughs> you know? So yeah, I played through a couple stages too, dude. And, and it's, I would say the game is in the vein of Strider, you know, but yeah. with an anime flair and there's a slightly more effort given to depth by way of some RPG elements with like shops and character building and stuff, you know, uh, whereas Strider was just kind of like a very limited number of acquisitions that you just got one by one from the gameplay. Whereas, you know, you go out and from shops and stuff, you choose what you, how you want to build your character. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, and I would also say, I don't know, I don't know if we've talked about it. It's a pretty early game, so it might've preceded uh, anything you and I got to bullshit about, but the, the controls reminded me a lot of Rygar that Tecmo game that was an arcade port very early on. Did you ever play that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yep. Yeah, you like throw the shield. It's like your attack is kind of like this shield thing that you throw around. And it's like it's like this, like a little floaty, a little frustrating, <laughs> you know, the controls. <laughs> that yep. is not, certainly not a compliment, I wouldn't say. Um, although Rygar has its interesting components too. I'm not, not shooting on Rygar in general sense. The enemy interactions also are kind of incessant and kind of frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I like I don't. It, it might be good enough to keep you reeled in if you really get going on it, but it did not really grab me at all when I when I was fucking with it. So, nope. Once I died, I was like, yeah, nah, just I can't. Like, it's just not grabbing me. So we go from that to even more technos fire burning down your bushes. Next, a a six banger on Kunio Kun Cornerstone River City Ransom, and yeah, I'm just it's probably just too much for you to handle. I'm guessing. <laughs> Whoa, Ryan and Alex coming through and eight big glory. Come on. Who's yeah. with? Yeah, this yeah, this is an all-time great game. Easily, in my opinion, the best beat 'em up on the system. Uh, not yes. Dragon Two, and I I I do think the gameplay is top flight too. But my affinity is surely more rooted in the RPG elements that they weave perfectly into the game. You know, yeah, and, and that's what I really enjoy about it. Like you really do build your character uh, in in ways that you know it's more of a thing now, of course. But back then, like that kind of thing in a, in a what amounts to a beat 'em up, just no, not even a glimmer of it. And they not only have a glimmer of it, but like a really well done and interesting. And honestly, I play this game plenty of my life. I've never even come close to having an understanding of all the things that you can buy, acquire, and use on your character to make them better. Like I have no clue, you know. Which is why well, I said that that map is so interesting to me because it has a lot of that shit on there, you know. So heck yeah. So so let me ask you this: Have you ever played it one player like how have you played it in the <laughs> what do you say it with that tone because i don't think i can i'm sure i have but it was never memorable enough like all my memories of it are playing two player like like very specifically actually i when i drove out to la from new york when i moved here i passed through ohio and crash with my little brother with jab for a few days and mm -hmm. one of the things we did i believe it was that trip it might have been another time back in, in either case one of the times i went back and hung out with him for a, a couple of days we stayed up all night and and played through this game all the way to the end on his he had he had a hacked xbox one that he basically used as an emulation machine and we played all the way through this game together 
Nice. Yeah, on that. So yeah, I have definitely in recent as an adult played all the way through it. And and so yeah, I, I feel more confident about all these opinions <laughs> because I have a, <laughs> a semi-recent memory of it. But yeah, I, I I don't like that's I don't like playing it one player, not nearly as fun, you know, just not even fucking close. You know? That's that's what I was thinking. Like and obviously we'll get to it, but like if if we play this, I I, I wanted to play a two player. Like I don't even know if I'm excited to play a one player. Right. Know. That you know, that's all these games that we we talk about co-op. Like that's the one thing. Like we can't. Like I don't know. I don't know what your process is for doing these things. And there's no way I could do a game episode and have enough properly organized shit to talk about. At least a guy would think you would want to kill yourself. <laughs> play, play yeah, maybe, with me yeah, maybe. as often as I would have to stop and write shit down. Like I can't imagine you enjoying that experience. So like <laughs> I would have to play through it one player first. Like you know, like we do with Jack. Like I played all the way through as one player, got my shit together, and then we can just get in the two player game and fucking enjoy it. And whatever I remember is what we talk about briefly about two player. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, the way the one thing about like, yes, I don't really want to play it one player, but if we're going to do a game episode on it, I'm going to fucking have to <laughs> or, or the episode will be a mess, I think. So, you know, uh, they may already are messes. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how they're perceived exactly, but I know for a fact that it would not be well informed <laughs> uh, or well structured. So, um, yeah, that's one one thing about doing a game like this that's so predicated on the two player experience. Uh, so yeah, so get into the actual piece here. We get a page of table setting, introducing the main characters, Ryan and Alex, as well as some of the adversaries you have to pound into the pavement throughout the game. And that uh, is the, the, the story. That's what it is. It's, it's high school aged kids beating the shit out of each other over chicks and turf ownership, <laughs> which is some <laughs> kind of bold decision making for the time, I think. And there are there's. You know, I would call them very funny, stereotypical American nickname choices for a lot of the baddies. There's Moose, Rocco, Benny and Clyde, Blade, Tex, so on and so forth. So, you know, there's, you know, and that's kind of what they're going for. Like, that's not, I don't think that's a criticism. It's kind of like the tone they're going for with it, you know, kind of that 50s. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, what, what's that fucking movie? The uh, uh, Socias and the fucking, what the fuck is that called? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, uh, fucking. The movie has this. The, the cast for the movie is insane with fucking. I, know. Like, I almost said the Outsiders, but that's not the name. That's it. Yeah, no, that's it. The Outsiders. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the Outsiders with uh, yeah. The, the movie's got fucking. It is like a who's who. Everybody. Of, yeah, '80s fucking young actors, dude. Uh, we watched it in high school. <laughs> I think we did too, because you know you read that book. Yeah, I mean the only reason I ever read that book was because we read it in school. So yeah, we watched the movie in high. Yeah, and I want to say middle school actually. I want I, I want to say I read that book in seventh grade. I'm pretty sure. Oh wow. It's, it's got Matt Dillon, fucking Emilio Estevez. It's got uh, Ralph Macchio. I mean, it's just, it's, I think Matt Dillon. Did I already say Matt Dillon? It's, yeah, it's fucking just, it's crazy. The cast is absolutely crazy for that movie. Yeah, this is definitely in that vein. <laughs> a page of explaining the RPG and economy mechanics in the game comes next, as well as some of the move set power-ups. And these power moves are learned by reading books you buy with dough earned from baddies. And they are super cool shit, dude. Like the, the, mm -hmm. the main big, the six moves you can learn are dragon feet. And that's like a lightning fast kick where like, I want to say it's maybe three kicks you do with one button push as opposed to before you have it, it's just the one, you know, and then stone hands. And that's basically the same yeah. thing. Punch. And then there is acro circus. And that is a what I would call a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles-ish somersault jump that does damage, I think, 
you know, it's when, the best. always yeah. my favorite move. Yeah. Super cool. And then there's fatal steps and that's a jump stomp attack. You can use when baddies are knocked down. So like you, when, when you knock them down, you can jump onto them and like basically pound on them on the ground, which is pretty cool. And then there is the javelin man. And this is, you can pick up the enemies after they've been knocked down. Like they're just an object. And, <laughs> and throw them like a projectile, which is also fucking super cool. And then there's the grand slam. And that is, it's kind of the same as the stone hands and dragon feet. It's, it's like a lightning fast attack with when you have weapons in your hand, you know, which obviously being able to do three fucking whacks with that pipe is like our crowbar. <laughs> fuck that thing is like uh, very destructive um, upgrade to your character so those are fucking awesome and then there's four pages of maps and tips and the game has settings like parks, the riverfront, high school gymnasium again just varying that outsiders kind of thing you know Uh, for some reason I don't know I don't know what about that is like stereotypical but it is and it's I don't know the the fucking game it's just playing great the the couch yeah the couch co-op factor is so good I, I can't even imagine playing as one uh, one thing, like I already said. Um, yeah, I mean, d- depending on which of these two beat em ups you strong army into for the game up, we obviously, <laughs> you know, must couch co-op uh, and, and parsec through them uh, one way or another, for sure. Because Obviously. So I, I got to go off on the Gentleman JB tangent here. on. <laughs> so, <clears throat> obviously, I love this IP. And River City Girls is out on Xbox Game Pass right now. So, so, yeah, so... I fired that up. I've been playing that with Zai and obviously the animation is very different. You know, that's, it's more, it's still in like a digitized, you know, I don't even know how you call it, like an upgraded eight bit style. So it's obviously, you know, current generation graphics, but um, still looks a little digitized. Anyway, it's great. It's a lot of fun, but you're like two girls and your boyfriends have been taken. And you're like going, but you're still doing the same thing, going through like the high school, the gymnasium, like all these different places. And the 8-bit, the actual versions that you see in the mag here of Ryan and Alex, like they pop up on the screen to give you tips, like in their full, like looking exactly like this. Like it's awesome. 8-bit iterations. Yeah, Yeah. in the full 8-bit iteration. So it's it's really cool. Like they make sure to kind of constantly let you know, hey, this is definitely that same place where, where that stuff happened before. And now you're coming to do this instead. It's and so I just bought the Acro Circus for my character, and it's it's so much fun. Like I just it just <laughs> reminded me. I was like Acro Circus. I need that right now. Like as soon as I can buy it. So anyway, yeah. tangent tangent over. River City is great. Continue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I haven't played that yet. Um, but yeah, I definitely you know that thing like that's I I can't believe I didn't mention it. Uh, I think you might have already. I think you brought it up on here last episode, maybe even. But yeah, with Dungeon Quest or Dragon Quest, rather, the you know I of course chose the two bit nice version to play the game in, and you know like they it it is exactly you know it's there's all these efforts and th- th- that's honestly that's I can't believe I mentioned that either. Like there's all these little things like when you bump into a wall it play and i don't know if it does this. i haven't even tried the 3d version yet so i don't even know if, i don't know if it maintains this i think probably not but like when you bump into a wall in the 2d version it plays that same bump sound from the very first dragon warrior that we talked like yeah. that sound that me and jab talked about of using to get through the, the swamp cave like, <laughs> yeah. like it, it plays that exact sound when you bump into a wall and that was so good and like when you go uh i, I think it was like a 
you know, the I think when you beat in when you beat in when a when, when an enemy battle, it plays that same little exact tune from Dragon Warrior One, and like those little things that make you, you know, obviously just are deeply rooted nostalgia things like peeking those just plucking those strings uh, very subtly in the gameplay is like a really cool you know obviously uh fun thing that that these games do that have that kind of long lineage with their ip 100 percent. you know you know what's really different and i know (laughs) i expect you to talk about it so i obviously didn't talk about it either it's so different because on the 3d version of that game it's like an entirely different experience so (laughs) obviously 2d it's like the original Dragon Warrior, you're walking around and you just run into an enemy and, and now it's go time. Whereas like in a 3D version, you're in an open world and you can see the enemies walking around. So you can try to avoid them, you know, if you want to and kind of just like that's funny. That's that different. Yeah. That's, that's it's cool. it's just a very different kind of experience. That's yeah, that's why I feel like it's it's so cool. I don't know which one I like more, probably 3D, maybe, but it's 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 just like what what's your pe- pick your pleasure, you know. Uh-huh. For that long of a game, like I don't, I, yeah, I just I want the simplicity of the two D, you know, and I and, yeah. I and I can, like I said, I can see them nodding to the IP so much with this with the two D, but not in a gross way that yep. I, I don't want to lose that either. I think that's that's a super fun way to to try to, you know, because like my my biggest hindrance about playing that game has been like the big gap between last the last version I played two really with any substance I've diddled with three but Mm -hmm. not really played all the way through so like I'm so detached from the IP at this point or the story if you will that you know I I I I I need something to like root me in what I do know (laughs) you know to invest in you know yeah like that the, the you know I only played through uh, pretty much to get to the castle and got thrown in the in jail and like I think I've just busted out of jail, and so the that opening thing where you go up the mountain and the girl f- almost falls off like you know I was looking at that in the two D thing and I was like oh man I bet this looks fucking incredible in the three D yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah there's I'm sure there'll be a, a great deal that I'll miss uh, by playing it that way but it's that's 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 the path but, I choose but it's still so super fun two D that's what I mean like it's graphically you'll miss some things but it's so fun that way that it's kind of like yeah, it's completely fine you know yeah i don't know it's like it's i don't even I've, I've i've consumed nothing in the game so i have no idea how long the expectation is for gameplay story getting through it etc so yeah. yeah i don't know i wasn't like just oh i can't get enough of it like savage plan i can't fucking put it down you know i, I actually got stuck for a few days on something towards the end here in Savage Planet. And like, it, I was pissed off because I couldn't fucking figure it out. That, <laughs> like, it still kept me coming back. Like, if that happens in Dragon Quest, I'll probably just never play it again. <laughs> so, like, you know, so, like, that's like the difference between like level of immersion or level of enthusiasm about it. But uh, it, it is good. And, and I'm enjoying yeah. it. But. Fair enough. <laughs> Next up in the mag is the top 30, and the top five goes Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Zelda 2, Mario 2, Ninja Gaiden, Dragon Warrior. That's cool. First time Dragon Warriors hit the top five, I think. Oh. But yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a little one of these things is not like the others to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> but otherwise, Christ, that is a heated top five, you know. Uh, I, I would say the TMNT presence there is probably a function of the insane TMNT hype going on at this time more so than anything else you know particularly game quality (laughs) Uh, but it's yeah I don't know even with that it's not that it's terrible but like number one game on the NES get the fuck out of here like not you know so 
I think we get a little more insight into the details behind this supposed ranking. You know, as we look further into the breakdown of the top 30 players, pros, and dealers. So the players have Mario 2 as number one. Ninja Turtles is number three. Right. We, we, we have tried to... No, dude. We have tried no, to analyze this before. No, you, can't, you cannot... You cannot... There's no fucking... It doesn't make any sense. Fuck you. <laughs> dealers have Ninja Turtles like far and away number one like above anything so if they're using some kind of waiting system of course the dealers because they're selling they're selling they're like yeah we love i I don't think we've ever looked at the math there in that right hand column so that's a good point you might be able to do some reverse engineering and like (laughs) that's a fun ass you know we always talk about like the infographic and like the math side of this that's a fun little project to try to come up like reverse engineer the formula I know like this has been talked about on a lot of things. And like if we can come up with an actual science, different like the, the science behind these determinations, mm-hmm. it would probably it would be a cool little thing, I think. I'm sure yep. I'm sure there's like some kind of straightforward mathematical formula here where it's like, all right, this this one has this many points, you know, add up the points. I question whether there is, man. I I question whether there is, but it's I mean, look at the point different I you know, look at the point differential between on the on the actual top thirty here, like uh, Team Ninja Turtles is at like ten point five thousand, and Zelda Two is the, is the next closest with less than seven. So like vast gap there. And yep. you know if you look at the I guess let's look at the numbers here on yeah. So I mean yeah, it's like more than three times as much from Teenage Mutant Turtles to Marvel Madness being number two. I fucking love Marvel Madness, but that was also crazy to me. Uh, <laughs> Dealer's picks are like uh, clearly just exactly like it, it, it's so quantitative, you know, like it's what what's it's sales, I'm sure, you know, no, no other factor involved. <laughs> so, so where the others are, are more kind of this qualitative, more subjective determination, you know, I would say. Yeah, I might have to sit here and do some math while we're talking. Now I'm now I'm like very interested. Like, why does yeah. that think beforehand? <laughs> yeah. Probably not the most interesting thing on a podcast to sit and determine, but uh, the results would probably be very fun to look at. We get off here. Yeah, Team Ninja Turtles is at three on players' picks at twenty eight fifty six. Pros picks, it's all the way down at four. Right, that's it. That's exactly what it is, man. So I just added up. Oh, so it's the exact number added up. Is it really that simple? Holy shit. It is. I just added up just the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I feel like we have looked at this and talked about this so many times, I can't believe it's that simple. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. That's what I'm telling you. The dealers, they like it the most far and away because they're selling it, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is a hot property. Therefore, that that number of points pushed it to number one. Simple math. I feel like I feel like maybe this wasn't. I don't know. I, I need to go back and look at past issues now. I feel like maybe that th- these numbers weren't there. The idea that we have not deduced that that's the exact formula for this because we have argued extensively. Uh, right. <laughs> we both did, and I, I think me and you have, have have argued about why these are what they are. And we've always had this page back here showing these. And I don't feel like I've been, you know, it's that easily of a through line that's ever been drawn. So there, there's no reason I should have just figured that out right now during the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't be that stupid, can we? Yeah, so yeah, that's that's what it looks like here. There, there's also Fazanadu at number nine. Maybe we should do that for a side quest. We can just keep seeing it. It's just constant, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and medieval fantasy always lands better with me, and probably Jab too for an RPG. So you know, we've been that's talking true. about that Guardian Legend idea. Um, Guardian. Another idea. Another idea. Uh, I had the, which is not usually the case. It's kind of interesting. The the in my scan of the mag after this was the. St- 
the pullout strategy guide for Tetris. Like the Mario two ones weren't in my mag scans that we've we've had for the past couple issues prior to this. So it was I was surprised to come across this. And actually, it kind of fucked me up at first because it was it fucked with the total page count of the of the <laughs> of the the file and how many pages are in Nintendo Power. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, yeah, I tried to break it down for the outline of this, and I was like, what the fuck's going on here? Why is this one have so many pages, but they're not in the <laughs> you know, because there's this pullout in in the scan. So yeah, it's like a 16 page deal uh on, on tetris and there's a bunch of i don't know it's good did you look at this at all does yours have it i don't i'm like wait a minute tetris mine i don't i'm like going back no i don't have a tetris mine does not have that at all i'm like wait a minute does that is mine for in mine i don't have that at all it's a full out thing so i mean it wouldn't necessarily be in in the scan that, that you might have so although yeah. it's you are you looking at the ones i sent you these are this is the ones i sent you or if they're the ones yeah, i sent but- you for some reason, I was missing this episode, this issue, so I had to go find it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So yeah, it, it's it's got like a bunch of really weird clay and illustration art matchups. It's like it looks like claymation hmm. put onto a illustrated background. You know, it's kind of a fucking weird art style that I, I don't honestly don't know if I've ever seen. <laughs> so that's interesting. And there is probably like I couldn't bring myself to, to read through all 16 pages of it and trying to get this done. But there's probably some pretty high level shit going on that, that, that in here strategy wise, that even goes beyond that, those tips that Howie had a couple of issues back, you know, <laughs> so like if I, if I cared enough about having Tetris acumen to read it, there's probably some really great shit in here considering they have, you know, I've, I've made jokes about how 16 pages uh, or rather three or four or five, six pages on Tetris and some of these features we've seen and in, in the issues leading up to this one about Tetris for its release. Like, how the fuck do you get that much content about Tetris? You know, and like right? here they're taking it to the whole a whole new level with fucking 16 pages on it. So, but Josh, have you played Tetris Effect Connected on the Xbox yet? No, you told me about it. I saw you, it. You, you and Amy should play that. It's with the sound turned up. Oh, it's so good. Anyway. Anyway, it's it's great. I saw it in there, and when I was looking at things, I to like just I mentioned just downloading shit to fill time until bigger games downloaded. That was one of the ones I considered, but it never ended up happening. Totally worth it. I mean, people just sit around and watch. Obviously, that is the Tetris effect as well, but right, <laughs> right. yeah. But that's what the game is called, Tetris effect. Tetris effect. <laughs> so after that is a four-page Game Boy feature, and the games they have here are Golf from Nintendo Direct, and a couple puzzlers, Boxel from FCI and Quirk from Acclaim, and a vertical space shmup I've never seen before from Nintendo called Solar Striker. And they're, you know, we're not talking about those fucking games, so fuck it, but a small preview section of the end teases a Kimco Seika RPG called uh, Selection that I've never seen and I'm very curious about. That's the Shadowgate people. So yeah, yeah. There's as I you know RPG for Game Boy. Like I thought I played them all. <laughs> to be totally honest with you. So and especially one from that developer has me like holy shit. So I'm kind of thinking maybe it never made it out. You know some of these previews are about things that never materialized. So maybe that's why I'd never heard of it. But they have they have a couple screenshots here. One of them's a magician, and a magician screenshot will get me most every time. <laughs> so. So. It's funny because that looks like a ninja to me. I was like, I, I keep thinking that's a ninja, except that it says a wise ma- magician below. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, ninja <laughs> magicians, magician ninja, whatever, dude. It's all- <laughs> <laughs> so we go from that to previews next, where they tell us to start the new year with these previews of four hot new games. And the first is Super Mario Brothers 3 again, which I 
casually expected to blow by because it's not out yet, right? And, you know, I'm a thorough guy, though, so I did, I did my due diligence, dude. And this game came out on February 12th. So that basically means it's cleared for game episode treatment. And how the fuck are we going to sort out this mess at the end of the episode, dude? <laughs> I was wondering the same thing. I was like, wait a minute. Did I? This is not out. This is out? Wait, hold yeah, on. It's fucking out, man. So, like, I think we got to make an executive decision for the greater good of the pod and our listeners. And it's also, I think, very important to point out, and I know this is the case, that it's the cover feature on the next issue. And, you know, that's the first one I ever had, so I'm positive of that. And I think we should just push it off until at least then. <laughs> because, you know, like this, it's already a mess, I think, talking about this issue at the, yeah. end, of the, at the end of the movie. So, yeah, I think we should just push that off. And then, you know, honestly, on top of that, it's the cover feature on that issue. But there's also, I think immediately after that, maybe two issues down the road, there's also the Super Mario Brothers 3 strategy guide coming at us. That's like when they had that very brief stint, which happened to just be during my subscription, where they were trying to move from bi-monthly to monthly, and they started doing that with these full strategy guides that were like a whole hundred pages on just one specific game, and that would be one month. One month you would get one of those. So they did, they had four of them. There was Super Mario Bros. 3, there was Ninja Gaiden 2, there was Final Fantasy, which is exactly what we would use if we ever do a Final Fantasy fucking side quest, and then there was a four-player extra strategy guide that was on four player games like NES Play Action Football and Gauntlet 2 and some other shit I can't remember specifically Super Off-Road I think was one of them um, so yeah so that's so we have both those things coming up as far as fucking underlying literary properties to deal with so I think we should just not talk about this right now <laughs> I, I can't because when I saw this was here I was like wait I'm I'm so confused like this is a great spread but if this game is out like A I ran through and beat this a few months ago because I love Mario 3 but like on top of it, like, what do we, how do we do this? Like, do we play every level? I was like, I, I just can't deal with this right now. Like, this is... <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And I think also, I think to this, to this point, the mag feature is like a true preview of it, you know, even though it's technically out, like the, you know, this hit, this hit newsstands probably late December, even not even early January. Yeah. And the game came out February 12th, but I bet that wasn't really the plan or like maybe it was in like kind of a soft rollout in mid February and didn't really hit till March. Or even you would could say if, if this hit in late December, the March April issue would hit in late February, and that would be closer to right after the game is on the store shelves, and they wanted to make sure that preceded the hype for it. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's not. I think by the views of Nintendo, it's not out yet, even if it hits technically on the twelfth. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, but again, to that point, the the mag feature. Like, there's no maps or tips of any kind. Like, they start with a retrospective looking back at the first two installments, then turn to all the different new power-ups, the game mechanics, all the little mini-games and the various level types and shit. And, you know, it's just not... It doesn't feel like a game they're trying to get you into yet. It still feels like hype. You know what I mean? So, oh, for, for sure. You know, I think I think that's another thing that points to this, supporting this idea on... They they did one thing that from the feature too that did make me laugh though they try to play it super cool with the power meter dude <laughs> like it's all it's all four point fives across the board even though you know they wanted to drop all fives <laughs> like, just be real bro just make it all fives you know that's what you wanted like, <laughs> right, right yeah I thought that was just hilarious that they tried to I don't like, know how would you possibly rate it not five like right real talk they're just trying to feign impartiality which is fucking hysterical to me. 
Right. Like, we can't have it be all perfect. Like, there's no game. Right. We have no editorial integrity if we do that. The <laughs> So we move on from that to three more two-pagers in here on games that are not out till March, April. So we don't have to dive in them too deeply, but there is Taxan's Burai Fighter. Bur- How would you say? Bur- 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 yeah, Burai, right? Burai Fighter? That's what yeah, I was saying. Know. Yeah. It's a side-scrolling shmup with robots and shit. 65% on the power meter. Yeah. A, there's Jalico's Astanax, a medieval fantasy platformer that looks kind of interesting to me. It definitely has wizards. <laughs> it's not, spoiler alert, not terrible, but not fun either. No, you, you fucked with it? Getting this. Yeah, because I, I didn't look at I just assumed they were out. So I was like, I just played all of these. But this one, it had bigger sprites than Batman. I was surprised. Like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, the platformer aspect of it looked, yeah, kind of almost Sega y in that regard. Yeah. Like, Sega yeah. with the bigger sprites, you know? Yeah, but it just it, it, again, it wasn't great, but just wasn't really fun either. So, yeah, they give they give it a seventy eight percent on the power meter, which is pretty fucking good. Not, not too bad. Uh, maybe we'll give it enough. I don't know. Yeah, well, there's there's really hot artwork in the piece. I like that. I posted that to our socials. The the, the main key art here is pretty cool. And yeah, it hits in March. I'm looking forward to diddling with it. And the last is Bandai's Dino Wars: Destruction of Spondylus. Which oh Nintendo God. Power just cannot get the fucking spelling right on, man. <laughs> like, it's misspelled in the table of contents, and again in the preview segment cover page here, right before these these four games, as Dino Wars, D-I-N-A Wars, not D-Y-N-O Wars, Dino Wars, which is the actual name of the game. So, I don't know, it's weird to me that there's multiple instances up. But, anyhow, it's a side-scrolling action platformer where you control a robot T-Rex, and fuck, sign me the fuck up for that. <laughs> That's fucking fantastic. Oh, it's referred to actually in the copy here as a Cybosaurus. Cybosaurus, you know, which is a, a pretty fun little fucking word mashup I've never seen before. And it only gets a 65% on the power meter, though. And I think that's a little off base uh, based on my recall, dude. Like, Jab had this fucking game and we played it, and I think it's better than that for sure. Did you? So you're talking recollection. Did you play it though? I, I did not. No, I did not. I'm not really fucking. I I definitely diddle with it here and there, uh, but I don't. Yeah, I didn't diddle with it for the for the. Okay. I must respectfully disagree. I I I played it. So looking at this, I actually was not interested in it. I was like, yeah, whatever. But, oh my god, dude, this is the, that's the poster too. The poster looks fucking awesome, dude. I love that. Poster. I don't know. It looks it looks so generic to me. I don't know. But I was it. You know, everybody loves Dino. Like every kid loves dinosaurs. Every kid loves robots. Add a like, mash them together. That's that's what I think of. I think of just <laughs> yeah, marketing sure, sure. the young boys in the world, like in America, like great. But regardless, I picked it up and played it, and it just. It, it wasn't fun, basic, but wonky controls. I just, I don't, I don't know, man. I think if I recall I correctly, not... like you, there, there's a, there's a big building element to your character's move set and controls. Like the, you get like the, you know, the, I remember the fucking paws come off and go out and do like a little fucking thing. And I think you can get, am I, I, I often, I feel like I often mix this game up with Godzilla a little bit too. So is, is there not, I think there's a flying aspect you can get eventually maybe or maybe that is just godzilla i don't know it's tough talking about I mean, I, I dinosaur games so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i don't know well in any event there the artwork in the piece here is fucking phenomenal uh, i posted the one out like how did the visor or from the command center i guess of the robot mm-hmm. you know the bottom of the page there is fucking pretty cool so it looks cool. I guess it's a bummer to hear the game's not great. What are you going to do? After these messages, 
We'll be right back. Double Dragon 2, The Revenge. Full power for your NES. Nine incredible missions. Two-player simultaneous action. Double Dragon 2 from Acclaim. The best action game ever. That is a Double Dragon 2 NES commercial from 1989, maybe 1990. I'm not real sure. Couldn't get an exact date or year, rather. And it has some pretty cool animation of the characters. Link is in the show notes if you want to give it a look. It's very acclaimish to call it the best action game ever. <laughs> of course. Very much in the vein of your 90s car- Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. Very good. Very good analogy. So the first thing in the mag here in Act 3 is the Howard Nestor comic. And it is themed for Dragon Warrior. And Howie is straight up telling us how to find the Stones of Sunlight in Tampa Joe Castle here. Right. <laughs> uh, like I can walk- see like <laughs> Yep. Walking out the back door and around the castle, the staircase in the southeast corner, while Nestor, like the little prick that he is, refuses to listen. So we talked extensively about how this might have leaked into the collective NES consciousness in our side quest series on the game. And uh, I guess this answers the quandary, basically. <laughs> mm. You know? Yeah. Um, because, yeah, this is very deliberate. And... <laughs> like, in case you didn't know, it's here. Right. Which is funny, because we say, like, there's no, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's a very opaque part of the, very important, but very opaque part of the gameplay narrative, for sure, you know? I wonder how many kids, like, actually read this magazine, and they were just like, oh, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, didn't even finish the comic. Just literally dropped the magazine and ran to their Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, I think Dragon Warrior right now. Yeah. I bet more than one. Be my guess. The, <laughs> the Counselor's Corner is next. And the games we get here are Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Legacy of the Wizard, ISOH Alum Monster Party, Even More Fazanadu, Adventures of Lolo Again, Ultima, and Air Fortress. And... As far as the games go, the only thing of note that I wanted to bring up was that its appearance here reminded me that Ultima is out right now, and it hit back in February of 89. And Jay, this is an RPG, and a fucking serious one at that, and also got Wizards, (laughs) and (laughs) I started thinking, like, seeing this here kind of jarred my initiative, I guess I would say, like, given it being, like, it was a huge PC franchise before this first NES port and this is the NES port of actually the third installment not the first one so sure. you know this has been around for a while so it had a fan base it had you know um and uh, there was an understanding of how like this is a deeply rooted D modification basically in video game form you know so it's like it's been thought of as a heavy hitter and a deep game for a while now so there's just, I, I was thinking I was like, there just has to be a strategy guide for it even if it's only the PC iteration, you know, and that's kind of been the thing. Like we've been talking about Guardian Legend and Willow, all, all these things, like trying to cobble together enough mag material over a couple of regular NES issue features or whatever it might be to have enough to support the underlying mag component of what we want these fucking side quest series things to have, you know, like we had with, with Dragon Warrior. And yeah. Dude, sure enough, I fucking hit pay dirt with this. There is a 68-page guide for the NES version specifically, even not even the PC version. That is absolute top, yeah, top-tier game mag material, dude. Like, there's a huge illustration. I've never, I own, I have this cart. Dude, my uncle had this game. I have now 
claimed it uh, when I brought all that shit here. So like, I have this game. Like I tried playing this game a bunch as a kid, and it's fucking. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's a. It's fucking. There's. It's a deep fucking game for sure. And I never really was able to get anywhere because I just couldn't get a foothold in the story or what the fuck I was supposed to do, where I was supposed to go. And there, yeah, this has a the the strategy guide has a huge illustrated story section, like close to thirty pages, I think, of 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 full color illustrations, like getting you into the story and shit which is fucking really cool and well, well done and then there's a bunch of full color maps and all the shit you would want to see in a strategy guide like i mean honestly it, it's you know as the page count suggests it's way more than we had our, at our disposal for dragon warrior as, as far <laughs> as like you know help basically so which is good <laughs> because like i said it's it's fucking super hard and i don't have neither jab or i both have tried it but neither of us have like you know, we could steer the ship on Dragon Warrior because we knew it inside and out. Like, we don't have that for this. So having a game mag that really can keep us on track and gives us some structure is pretty clutch, I think. So, uh, yeah, man. it's uh, The link to that will be in the show notes for the for the actual strategy guide. And, I don't know, I guess, you know, so, sir, <laughs> I officially propose to you our next ISO, ISOH side quest series, Exodus Ultima for the Nintendo Entertainment System. And no. I've already discussed this at length with Jab, so he is on board. Oh, man. Oh, dropping it, proposing it during the pod. <laughs> That's what I told We were talking about it yesterday. I sent him the strategy guy yesterday. We were talking about it. I was like, I'm going to fucking put it to him. I'm going to put him on the spot on the recording. <laughs> it's funny, too, because going through this episode, or I keep saying this, saying this episode, going through this issue, you know, I'm looking to play these games and, you know, anything that looks interesting. When I looked at Ultima, I didn't know which Ultima was because, you know, we have a couple in the library and I'm like, I don't know which one this was, which one this is. And I was like, this seems like it's going to be like way too, way more detailed than I can even deal with right now. So moving on. Yeah. Just, I yeah. just skipped right past. <laughs> and it is way too de- detailed to deal with in any other context other than like a months long analysis of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where we are could not be taking our time more. <laughs> but you said talking about D and D. This is not like this is clearly not like a multiplayer thing, though, right? This is a first player. Oh, dude, it's 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 exactly like Dragon Warrior in its, uh, I guess, gameplay style. But you have a party, so you have four people oh, to okay. deal with. So you have you have a party, and yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. Like, it's it's just it's just a fucking lot. <laughs> it's a fucking lot, man. I like I love these games. And I just as a, I just like it could not have been more foreign to me every time I tried to get into it as a kid. So, you know, I mean, dude, these games. I mean, it's like you said. I mean, you you're talking about a modern library or a modern, I and mean, it's still it's still going. There was a you know a major MMO you know universe around it back when MMOs first became a thing. It's you know. That was Ultimate Online, I think it was called. I mean, it's it's been a okay thirty some year series, and and I I don't know for sure, but I think they're still being made in some capacity or another. So you know, it's a fucking thing, and there are fans, so it can't be bad. Uh, it's just <laughs> it it just there. I think there is a steep, steep, steep learning curve to being able to get a foothold in the gameplay, particularly particularly these early stages and again you know nes is not its native environment it's it, this is meant to be a pc game originally so this is their first crack at getting it onto console and that probably has its problems too you know so oh man there goes my free time yeah, <laughs> yeah okay 
Okay, that's a good answer. That sounds like a yes. Uh, I will I will report back to Jab, and we will organize how to proceed on that. Our our twenty our first twenty twenty one side quest series. Okay, back to the mag. We have the real meat and potatoes of the counselors' corner, and that is the featured counselors themselves to talk about here. <laughs> and the first I would like to discuss is one Derek Whipple. <laughs> that name, like I yeah. love it. Yeah, the name is perfect. It is just the perfect. You know, the, the things, again, you want to clown on about these storied individuals here that I have the utmost respect for. So it is all in good fun that I say anything bad about any of them or any, any uh, I don't know, call criticisms, whatever. These analyses with intent to laugh at them are not meant to be ill-natured at all. But Derek Whipple's certainly a funny name and it fits his aesthetic perfectly. <laughs> Nine-year-old Jerry would have been like, I would love to have your job. Let me talk to you right now. But <laughs> right, right. adult Jerry is laughing at this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Derek's hobbies are camping, computers, diametrically opposed hobbies, seemingly to me. But <laughs> and then right. play by mail games. And what is that? Yes, what exactly. That? It sent me down a fucking rabbit hole. I mean, it makes perfect <laughs> sense that it exists. It makes perfect fucking sense. Like prior to video games, the people that play video games now still had those human brains inclined to engage in those activities. And the idea of being able to play it with people, like, you know, like my whole, the reason it took me forever to play Dungeons and Dragons, because I just didn't have anyone to fucking play with. So, like, someone in that situation who is inclined to play and doesn't have fucking the Roll20 website to go to and find and finally satiate that desire and figure out how much of a fucking headache it is to really engage in, (laughs) you know, is looking for a way to do this. And... The idea that before video games or the internet existed, you just do it by mail makes perfect fucking sense. <laughs> but holy fuck, <laughs> is it like, oh, oh my god, it just like, I started trying to fucking figure it out, and I was like, I just couldn't wrap my head around the idea of it, dude. Like, I was reading <laughs> shit about like, like the the logistics of it were mind bending, dude. Like, you know the. It's funny, actually, because, like, the, you know, the, of course, they, most of them started as, like, kind of, like, D&D knockoff things, or even, in, in some cases, actual D&D games that were just happening via mail. And a lot of that initially propagated, I guess, in this magazine that I actually, that Jab and I briefly, I, I, me specifically, I guess, but we both looked at it and, and kind of used it, this, this magazine called Dragon Magazine. And I don't know if it's around anymore or if there's any online iteration of it, but it was a, a hard copy thing that I got in like late middle school, I want to say briefly when we had our like really, when we were really heavy into our D and D kick and it was a magazine that was kind of intended for, I guess players too, but I think really dungeon masters it for Dungeons and Dragons or any tabletop gaming, sci-fi medieval fantasy in that vein. Like the artwork was fucking crazy good at them, dude. And it was like sitting around the idea of giving you ideas as a dungeon master for your games and kind of like developing your imagination for uh-huh. for stories and worlds you could build for these tabletop games you know what i mean so okay yeah in the back of these they had as most magazines did at that time like almost you know uh, what equated to a classified section of sorts and that's where a lot of these fucking tabletop games got started is back there and like the way it worked it's insane it's fucking crazy dude the, these people with these people the, the initiators the dungeon masters if you will that came up with these ideas and 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 made them into a business essentially like you would 
mail these fucking people like a registration form probably and then some sort of like so many dumb things you did back then like you just put money <laughs> in an envelope <laughs> and send it with some fucking piece of paper that you filled your name out on to this person and you would then play each turn by mail like that person would send you a packet of shit and you would do it all at home you know it actually said i saw one note on one of the things i was reading about this that like having a home computer you know back then like you know the rudimentary fucking versions of home computers at the time like without one of those with a printer like this was like even more of a massive headache but uh so yes you would do it you fill out your shit get your documents together in whatever way you had to at home alone and then you would send off your turn essentially to this person and then some fuck had to wait had to get that piece of mail get all the pieces of mail from all the players that were in your game put them all together fucking figure like parse it all and then design the next turn essentially to mail out to all those people and like you as the person who's playing is just sitting at home waiting for your next letter how 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 long? How long do you wait for that? I don't know. Months? Weeks? <laughs> yeah, at least weeks. Like <laughs> for you to take your next turn. Yeah. Fucking crazy, man. And like the the like the mon the monetization side of it, these people were paying per turn. So, you know, you would like obviously you know, some people would try it, kind of drop off, maybe not st whatever it would, you know, it was not ex not everyone stuck it out. So like I guess they didn't really pay for the whole game in, in advance. In a lot of cases, you would pay per turn. So like you would pay these people like for three turns, like 15 bucks, five bucks a turn or something you would, you know, and like you pay on a per turn basis to play this crazy. It was just insane, dude. Like so what? fucking crazy to me, man. That is so interesting. Yeah, oh, so interesting, dude. Yeah, I was like, I, you know, like, yeah, let's just say, like, it was, like, I, like, it sent me down a fucking rabbit hole, but I got, like, one foot into the hole, and I was like, let me back out of here! Like, <laughs> like I'll fucking, I'll lose a month of my life trying to fucking get, try to figure out this, how this worked, you know, back then, and really see all the different, I'm sure there's, like, shit you can look at, full PDFs of scans of, like, whole games. I just can't imagine what's out there to consume on right. this front, you know? But, uh, fucking, yeah, yeah, super fucking interesting, so. That's what Derek Whipple does with his free time. And <laughs> uh, both his game score and favorite game are New Bunga's Ambition. And it's just, the, that is just so very in line with his, you know, his cerebral hobbies and the way he looks. It's just so, like, he's just so exactly what you'd expect him to be, <laughs> you know, which is super fun. I thought the exact same thing. That's why on our Facebook, I highlighted that, like, New Bunga's yeah. Ambition. Like, come on. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, your high score and your favorite game is Dubunga's Ambition on NES. Like, you know, like he's, you know, that guy for a fact. Well, you need fucking, well, I don't know. Well, no, he says computer gaming. Yeah, right. Yeah, computers. So he has a computer. So he can play Dubunga's Ambition where it's intended to be played, you know, on the PC. <laughs> he so probably he played, has. And he probably right. just then played it over here as well. Right. Well, yeah, I'm sure he has, to say the least. But the idea that he would cite that as his favorite game for the NES is crazy. <laughs> All the more so if you played it on PC. But anyways, on the mobile console front, issue 10 does not let us down at all. We have <laughs> we have Jeff Hazard here, which is a stellar mullet counselor name. Jeff Hazard. Yeah, yeah. And he fucking nails it with a, a pretty stringy mullet that reaches down to the base of his neck, to, just to describe the mullet specifically. <laughs> and his hobbies are various extreme things like skiing, dirt bikes, weightlifting, and drawing. Slight outlier there. But... His high game score is finishing Dragon Power, and his favorite game is Amagon. And I've never fucking heard either of these games, dude. 
What is dragon power? Is that a mistake? Like dragon power. They are not, dude. I dug into these fucking things, and they're both games that have been out for a while. So the fact they've we have not come across them in any way, shape, or form is its own interesting footnote. But the Dragon Power is based on the Dragon Ball Japanese anime game, or anime property, rather. Goku is the main dude in the game. And it's, oh, yeah, what? Yeah, Dragon Power is the, the stateside uh, um, localization of, of the game. So, yeah, that's, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, the fact that, I don't know, it's kind of crazy to me that, that we do that. How do I not know that? Jesse yeah. loved Dragon. How do I? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's out. And then Amagon is a side-scrolling action platformer that I would say also looks kind of anime also, but like with a much more localized feel to it. It's like it's like a it's a you know, a fucking big muscle bound white dude and uh, okay. <laughs> but like the I don't know, I don't know how that also feels anime, but it just did. And the I actually had the ROM of this one. I did not have the ROM of Dragon Power, unfortunately, and I wasn't going to fucking hunt it down for this purpose. But I did have the rim ROM of Amagon, and it, it, I mean, it would I wouldn't say it's like an action platformer, as as I mentioned, and I wouldn't say it's terrible by that genre's standards. But the game was just nowhere near my bag, you know. Yeah, it was fun again making it, saying it's your favorite thing. Like I don't know, like the fucking Jeff Hazard here must just be a big anime nut or something, is my guess, <laughs> you know, and for yeah. whatever reason games really fucking hit them in, in that in that uh capacity but i wonder if they I, I wonder if they're just told to pick like a different game that they you think you know, not, like, not like a mainstream game otherwise everybody would pick like mario Kart. Kart. no i don't know man i think these guys you know think about it dude i know i think you're looking at this the wrong way i think these dudes are like think about it dude think, think if you had this job think about how much of an expert you would think you were like you would think you okay, yeah, know okay. everything and your yeah. opinion is so much more affluent than the average NES player. Like even the most <laughs> humble of these dudes is is you know, without a doubt thinking his fucking expertise is is beyond anything you well actually Mario too. <laughs> Mario yeah. 2 is just a derivative property. What's really <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, it's a, yeah, Mario 2 is for peasants. I played Doki Doki Panic years ago, you chump. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, so yeah, these these the idea they would pick some obscure ass game is just like me trying to pitch you some obscure ass movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the exact same fucking thing. Like, I know more than you. Let me demonstrate. <laughs> uh makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> I don't. I, I think they gave these guys full autonomy, <laughs> and they exerted it to the fullest. So next is classified information, and and here we have ISOH game ep alum Mega Man Two Kid Icarus, the Guardian Legend again, Godzilla, Bad Dudes, Kung Fu Heroes. We get our first Game Boy title classified info with a a thing for Super Mario Land. We have Rambo, Fazanadu again. We have RoboCop. We have Bubble Bobble. We have Baseball Stars. We have POW. We have Gyrus, Gyrus, and another game epilum in DuckTales. And the as far as things I actually would want to talk about out of here, Mega Man Two thing is, is a kind of a quirky and useless but fun thing. Did you take a look at this? The Mega Man Two thing, I did not. Wait a minute. First one. It, so if you hold A and oh, B, yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. I've seen that. I actually knew that when I was a kid. So I either found it out in here or some other way. 
That was it. <laughs> I had never, I'd never clocked this before. So yeah, I thought it was kind of cool. If you hold A and B and then hit the start button at the end of the stage select screen. So basically you go on the stage select screen, you pick a character or to pick their, to play their stage, a boss. And then like literally the, the, while the flashing is happening on that board before it cuts to that screen where the bosses kind of do their little flex move, you know, and their name appears, they, they, they jump into that blue band and they kind of do a little flex move and then their name comes up before that screen, you have the border on the stage select screen flashes. And while that's happening, if you do that quick button sequence, when it cuts to that boss flex screen, instead of the stars flying by in the background behind that blue band they we it has those annoying ass little bird flying in <laughs> the game you know so that's pretty cool little, i mean again like the, you know, it has no purpose or point whatsoever you might even say it might be a glitch i don't know that seems kind of deliberately placed to be a glitch so you know it, it has no purpose but it's just a super fucking fun little thing that you can do uh again just like to demonstrate your prowess like maybe with a friend or something <laughs> yeah Cool. A random little Easter egg. Yep. And we've seen all these games, but baseball stars, I believe. And this is an SNK release from July of 89. And it would actually become a rather popular series for the developer. The game doesn't have any licenses, player or team. It's all fictitious stuff as far as the, the, the shit in the game. But it explains here that you can create, name, upgrade, and manage your own team. You can customize the logos and the colors, and it has an RPG element to it where you can employ, like you can, you can, you earn money by winning games, and then you can apply that money to improve players. And it has it records and saves stats for all players in the league too. Like you can basically design your own league from scratch, dude, and and make the teams, and then make the player on your make the players on your team and develop them and play through a whole league fucking thing. In an RPG fashion, and that's fucking insane, dude. <laughs> For a, you know, it's like it's like, it's like a Madden, it's like a fucking Madden franchise mode, basically. You know, it, it like even blows the season mode and like Tecmo Super Bowl out of the fucking water as far as the hmm. level of simulation immersion that you can get. And yeah, dude, I'd never fucking played this game before. Have you? You know, I I think I had heard of it. And it seems like a game I've heard in my periphery that people have said it been pretty good over the years. But one, I don't think of SNK as a bunch of a like they're the ones that make all those fucking war games, you know, <laughs> like every game of theirs right. is a war game. So I've never even thought of them as a sports developer to begin with. And yeah, I'd never fucked with it. Do you know anything about this game at all? Nothing at all. And like, I mean, even, I mean, obviously this is just for classified information. So it's just about the codes or whatever, but yeah, I, I, I don't know anything about even the artwork. Like nothing comes to mind at all. Okay. This. Uh, well, dude, I fired it up and dude, this is the best baseball game on the NES. Like, <laughs> like I can't fucking believe that I never played it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the simulation stuff is not even debatable. It, like, it, it blows, you know, the, the other two uh, front runners, I would say, for this are Bases Loaded 2 and RBI Baseball, are the two games that I, I own right. both of those. RBI is good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think of them as, as, as pretty good. And you can play seasons in both those to some degree or another. It doesn't save stats in either case, I don't think. Uh, definitely not in Bases Loaded, and I don't believe so in RBI Baseball. But you can play seasons and, I guess, win a pennant or some shit. So, you know, that mechanic somewhat exists in those games, but not even close to what this offers. And then, of course, the team-building aspect is fucking just those games aren't even close didn't even try at that so that's way fucking better and at first like playing the i played it a full inning you know just to get a feel for the gameplay itself and like at first i thought it might like i you know again because i never fucking played this game so and like i didn't even 
I guess, like I said, I had heard that it was kind of good, or some people would say it was good, but especially with sports games from this era, like, you know, people, it's just different strokes for different folks. So, like, you don't buy too much into, like, someone telling you something's good from this era. You're kind of like, yeah, well, it's your thing. You have nostalgia for it, whatever. You know, you don't immediately go, oh my right. God, I must fucking play it. Right. So, you know, I went into it kind of expecting it to be a little shittier, you know, uh, on the gameplay front. And when I first turned it on, I kind of felt like what I first saw like the batter's extra crunched over and it's like a little bit of a weird posture and it, the way they move at first, like we, at first kind of feels a little choppy, but really getting going, dude, I play in that full inning. Like, no, it's fucking great. And like, once you get the hang and feel of it, I would say it's even like bases loaded too. As much as I fucking love it, dude, like the, the fielding is borderline impossible. Sometimes Like they move so choppily and frantically. And when a hit happens, your ability to like track, the ball and get a feel for which player you're going to be controlling even before they're on the screen while the ball travels is fucked up sometimes. And I mean, my uncle played that game co-op and like when he was visiting like grown ass man, 50 year old man, you know, fucking just furious at a video game <laughs> because it fucking doesn't, it doesn't work right. You know, basically. So you just deal with that shit though on NES, you know? So yeah, way better in every fucking regard gameplay wise too. I mean, I don't know, man, it's fucking awesome like a really really good baseball game and very flatly i think we should start a league we should design our own teams and parsec through a season no bullshit like just as a you know not any like literally whenever we have time and want to do it and like i guarantee if you start playing you'll want to you know what i mean so and, and like there's two ways we could do it we could do the parsec thing where we just have it running on my machine and have it a safe stated and we just pick it up so there's that option and i don't know like, but that raises the question to me as to whether or not I could leave it running in the background on my PC while you play your games against the computer and still be able to use my computer. You know what I mean? So, like, I'm curious as to whether or not Parsec functions that way. I feel like you can see, like, I've never, I've never had you host, so I don't really know what it looks like. But you can see my whole desktop and shit, right? And like, I feel like I've minimized it before and it fucked up the connection, right? Uh, yeah, I think that's what happened. I mean, it it was. I feel like I was able to see your desktop, the full desktop before, but then you did something. Maybe it was minimizing it, but I was able to not see it after that. But it could. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it could it could be a problem. It could work. We can explore it. Right. Exactly. We can troubleshoot that. But there's also the option. And Jab and I uh, have done this with those those Tecmo Bowls, those Tecmo Super Bowls, which, by the way, I just remembered to download a new one. Uh, the company that did it, I posted on our socials, I think right after our last episode, I had some, got a hair in my ass for some reason and started looking for it. And the, the techmobile.org that had been making them, and for a while they sold them on the carts, and I think they got in trouble for that, and they stopped doing that and just releasing the ROM for free. <laughs> so I, that company stopped, or that, I, I'm sure it wasn't a company, I'm sure it was just a dude doing it. But like that website kind of ceased to function, and they recommended another one. So I kind of went down a little bit of a rabbit hole and found there's a couple other ones that people are making. There's one that updates every week with new stats, kind of like Madden does, you know, uh, where, where they update the the player ratings and shit every week based on actual NFL performance, you know, which is kind of crazy level of attention, I think to pay to something like that, but uh, yeah. they're doing that. And so, yeah, there's two versions that I found that are really good of 2021. So I, yeah, I have the new ROM for that too, that I guess I could send to you if you don't, if you want it. Um, that's really fucking good. So there's also that too. That's a side thing too. We could be playing uh, that. I have the new one of that, and you know Josh Allen's legit on that, as you might imagine. <laughs> of course, of course. 
right, right. So yeah, man, I don't know. Pushing the limits of gaming as we know it, Jay. Uh, we're fucking trailblazers. What we could also do is, uh, Jay, like I said, Jab and I had done it, where we basically just send the save. And I think this requires, might pose a problem, because you do it. You would need to, you might need a PC to do this. I'm not entirely sure, but uh, we need the same emulator because we we could send back and forth the same save file. You know what I mean? And you could just open the save file, load the save file on your side, play your game, save it, email me the file. I could I could load it, and and we and you can pass it back and forth that way. And then when we do, when we get to a place where we have to play each other. We would have to do the online multi thing, you know what I mean, with with that file. And again, in that case, I think it would have to be through the emulator too. Like I don't think we could. Yeah, there's we definitely couldn't do it. Just... Well, no, it's I mean, no, that's not true actually. If as long as we had the same application, we could go still go through Parsec and just load it on my system and have you come in through Parsec on my system. You know what I mean? But we, but for us to pass it back and forth like that, we would have to be using the same emulator. I'm almost sure. So, right, yeah, um, we can look into maybe finding a common emulator that's both PC and Mac, if that even exists. So that's the one other avenue we could take with that. But yeah, I think it'll be a really fun thing to make our own fucking teams and design our own shit from the from the ground up. I think it'll be a really fun little fucking sports project. Maybe we can do that for spring tra- spring yeah. Spring training <laughs> when that hits, whenever the fuck baseball plans do. That. Whatever that happens, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if they plan on doing. I know NBA is still fucked up. I don't know if baseball is going to be fucked up too or not. Next up is winner winners, a new games now available section, and the first game is one I've never heard of from Mindscape called Infiltrator, and this is a port of the second installment of a successful PC franchise designed by a game guy named Chris Gray. And like his name's all over the title screen and, you know, it just, it's presented in a way that suggests he's someone of importance, you know, like Sid Meier's civilization, <laughs> you know, he's like that level of thing. And like part of that can be just a designer maybe trying to take, do that with their name, or it can be justified in their previous experience, you know, who, or, or accomplishments, who knows, but I never heard the fucking name. So I dug around with that expectation and I would say that's, it's not the case. It's probably the former because he would do, he would go, I mean, you know, he's worked, he's done a ton of shit. He's worked his whole life in, in video games and has a bunch, ton of credits over the years. Uh, he would go on, he would do quite a bit of licensed stuff later on after this, like Wayne's World, Ports, Dirty Harry. He did a million fucking Boulder Dash games, the board game. But it seems like this Infiltrator series is kind of what got him on the map uh, in the PC iteration. So. Mm. The game itself is kind of fucking weird and certainly interesting, dude. So it's it's worth talking about, I think. The so the game has two play modes basically. You walk around in enemy camps in one of them, and it's kind of like a, a top-down bird's eye view. And when you go in buildings, it turns into a first-person view in the buildings, trying to like pull off these stealth missions, you know. So um or it's actually it's not first person. It's kind of but it is it, it is different than the bird's eye view. It's kind of like I guess like a the you, the fourth wall is broken. It's kind of like, I don't know what you call it like an uh, I don't know like a it's different whatever. So you, there's that walking around type, and then there's a POV flight sim game iteration of it where you're flying basically what amounts to the Airwolf stealth attack chopper. And Jay, do you want to drop me I'll get to the chopper, please? Get to the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so there's like two completely different game modes, and that in of itself in a game is interesting. I think 
it kind of gets you over to like, are either of them really well done? No, probably not. You probably could have been better off really devoting your attention to making one of them really good. But nonetheless, it is interesting. And I wouldn't say either of them are terrible. But there's also, on top of that, just the variance in the gameplay, there's some genuine effort towards character creation here. The piece in the mag mentions the character too, and then you get into it and, and play the game, and there's actually quite a, an effort to, 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 to personalize this character. But the protagonist's name is Captain Johnny Jimbo Baby McGibbets. <laughs> and he is aka the infiltrator so you know i mean it, it goes without saying that that is like there's a there's a less 80s badass going on there like clash of demon head and kind of more naked gun you know like making fun of yourself kind of self-referential humor type thing so that's you know fun and kind of a a contrast to what this game might su- the gameplay itself might suggest it should have a feel like, you know what I mean? So it's a weird mashup of genres, I feel, which is cool. It looked super weird by the spread. I mean, I, I didn't even play this game because I looked at the spread. And I was like, what is this even? Like, this the guy on the left looks like a poorly drawn, like, space ghost cartoon character. Right. And then yep. you got, like, the, the cockpit view. I was just like, no, not, none of this, no. Yeah. Yep, I've already said it's not horrible. It's not good, but it's not horrible. It does have a great title song. uses some of the harsh what i would i would refer to or, or, or what i thought of rather was the the maniac mansion title song nes chiptune notes which i know you probably have not been exposed to yet but when you when we get there if if you can uh, we'll talk about that i guess maybe hopefully we'll remember because it, it feels like it's almost the same song or the same note i guess it's not the same song at all but it, it feels like maybe the same note and that's i don't know i don't know enough about nes sound chip shit to to know what that means but i I thought it interesting because it's the only other place in my life i feel like i've seen it so what have you this gets a 70 percent on the power meter which is not bad it's not great but not bad after that we get that chess master game we spoke about i think in the last issue and it's pretty good for chess on the nes gets 75 percent on the power meter here and that supports that opinion kind of after that we have a power pad combo cart and these are the games on here are Short Order and Explode, and this is a Nintendo of America Direct release, so it's proprietary shit. And the Short Order game looks kind of like an adaption of Burger Time to me. It's kind of like you're building burgers and you're you're some. I'm not even like I, you know, I we didn't. I never had to play this game, so, so I don't know how exactly the Power Pad control set might translate to it, you know, but. I'm guessing it's kind of like make, making quick decisions with your feet idea of which things to pick burger material wise, you know? And um, yeah. Yeah. And then explode is, I would call it a whack-a-mole clone where you jump on the pad where you jump in on the pad is the hammer is kind of what it's, it felt like to me is, as far as how the gameplay style goes. So, uh, well, interesting. It's, I know so few of the power pad titles that whenever I see one uh, that I was not aware of, I'm kind of like, oh, kind of wish I'd known about that back then because the power pad was fun. <laughs> uh, 
I never uh, owned one. I was always jealous of the power pad. So yeah, Jab had one, dude. It was fucking great. Nice. My used to get pissed off. A lowly sixty-two point five percent, despite being proprietary fodder as far as the power meter goes. So that's not necessarily a good sign, but. After that, we move on to video shorts, and this is, uh, or rather, stuff that is out by the end of February. In here, uh, there is Archon, and this is a chess variant from Activision that comes from PC land. And it looks like it might actually be fun, but I wouldn't want to do it on the NES, but like it's like the, the chess variant. It's like a slightly bigger board, a 9x9 board instead of an 8x8. And I don't know, there's some sort of like trying to get to the center of the board, like a battle mechanic of some kind. Like, I don't really, you know, it, it looks like something that maybe if you got into and really got to understand the rule set of might be cool. I do enjoy chess. I don't know. Do you play chess, Jay? Oh, yeah. I love chess. It's, yeah. it's funny. Like, I, I used to love chess as a kid. Like, I was a chess club, like in elementary school and stuff. And Oh, you fucking I, nerd. You fucking nerd. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely awesome. nerd. I forgot that was even a thing, but it was a thing in our school for sure. <laughs> yeah. But, like, it's. I don't know, like maybe just because as I go through this video game magazine, it's a Nintendo Power magazine. I'm thinking about the games I want to sit down and play on my Nintendo. And I just was completely uninterested in this. And like when I hear you talk like, yeah, the idea that this might be like a new altered type of chess game, it could be fun to play. But I, I guess that's just not what I'm thinking about when I'm sitting down to play. Yeah. No, I mean, I didn't even fire it up, dude. Like, I don't want, I, I have no, no interest in playing on the NES. Like, the that's idea the problem, is funny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the next one that we haven't played is Vic Tokai's All Pro Basketball. And other than a fairly lit, albeit ripped off from Double Dribble dunk cinematic, I thought this was fucking terrible. You said you liked it, kind of, huh? Yeah, it was fun. It was uh, fun. I mean, it's. Fuck, dude. Dude, like that side switching thing when the ball crosses half court. Oh, that's intolerable, dude. That super, is intolerable. Very, very jarring. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, so bad. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say this is like a great game that you should be play that that you should run out and play. Absolutely not. I'm just saying, like, it definitely reminds you of of Double Dribble, all the other games you played. Pretty much several other games that we played. Similar, hold the button down, you know, to make your shots, and that was fine. So I had fun playing it definitely had fun tossing people's shots like whenever people go up and the dunk cinematic and you've jumped up and timed your jump just right and you toss their their dunk it's you super get cinematic for it oh yeah like because oh, whenever you go near that level attitude that's that's kind of fun yeah that's fun oh yeah <laughs> so every time they went up for a shot and like that was the most exciting thing ever like am i going to toss this hell yeah <laughs> uh, I'm, again it's i'm not saying it's a great game the freaking side switching was super annoying oh, I got but, like actually playing it outside of that it, it's still fun okay, yeah they even it, it's even specifically mentioned in the mag copy which i didn't notice until after i made the note so i thought that was funny but it says yeah. what <laughs> watching the play uh a half court this is even hard to say but watching the play at a half court at a time may take some getting used to but it does allow you to see the game up close and like what the fuck? Like, you don't need to do that to get the game up close. What the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> like, that's not a requisite thing to have for that. I I did think it was kind of fun that the the team names are funny knockoffs, like the New York Slicks, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. NBA knockoffs. But it's well, funny. I, I played as the Seattle Sonics. So I'm like, I yeah, guess they which, dude, knock that off. 
Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I can't fathom a lawyer wouldn't say that reduction gets you out of trademark infringement on the Seattle Supersonics. <laughs> like, there's just no fucking way, man. <laughs> like, cutting, the, you know, there's just no way. So, yeah, I thought that was, that was, what the fuck is going on there? <laughs> I was trying to think. I was like, I know the Sonics were like, were they an expansion team? Like, did they, were they not out yet? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man, I was shocked. I was like, oh, look at that. Yep, I'm going to play them. Somehow that's allowed. That was actually in like, you know, that got me. And I was like thinking like, are the players because you have like bases loaded where or sorry, RBI baseball, where the players have the last names like they're not. There's no player licenses or maybe there is player licenses in that, but not team licenses. In any event, I kind of expected there to be like harks to players as well. So I was looking on the Seattle Sonics. I was like, I was like 1990 or 89. I was like, Gary, Gary Payton. I was like looking for a Gary Payton. Didn't that was not there, though. After that, we have Mindscape's Road Blasters, and this is a not-too-fucking-bad-for-NES perspective arcade racer, but OutRun on SMS is much better if you're looking for 8-bit um, versions of that kind of game. Yeah, and, like, I mean, it, it honestly, it felt like an Atari game, which, which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. Like, like, you know, like it was made in 1988 or something like 1986, I think, and it, it, it showed. Yeah. Yeah, it just kind of shit. Agreed, for sure. Yeah, Outrun on, on SMS looks fucking great, plays great. So, yeah, by all means, play that instead. Koei's Genghis Khan isn't out yet. And Cybernoid, we've already fucked with. There is also Dig Dug 2 here. We played that as the last game up. Hoorah! Yeah. Look at that and... ratings. What is this? Like 2.9 average or something? Like, yeah, shit's on, shit's on it pretty bad, I think. I don't even want to bring like... it up. <laughs> since we did that a little bit to just get a higher score just for the fun of it like this is you do uh jay we could we could we could write in i mean that, that's what that ha- other half of the meter that's empty is for we could write in our version of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do that with photoshop after we get off here and then post on the socials <laughs> uh rom stars championship bowling uh i that's funny that that would be that's actually super fun content i don't i hate i don't like to quantify art so I have like a very a very pompous stance on doing that. Like rating, I don't want to rate the games in some quantitative way, but but that would be a super fun piece of content to rip their appearances in the magazine, the, the, their power meter instances out of the magazine, and then write in our own aggregate power meter version. You know, would be would be a fun <laughs> thing. If nice. if we if we were not critical pricks, we would do that. <laughs> or rather, if we were critical pricks, I should say. We, we, we should do that. After that is Rom Stars Championship Bowling, and it is declared as the NES's first bowling game in the blurb here. It does get a shitty sub-60 power meter rating by the NP staff here, but dude, I fired this up, and I'm no bowling game enthusiast, and I only mildly enjoy bowling IRL, but this seems like a pretty damn good bowling simulation to me. Did you fucking turn this on? I did not. I'll have to come and check that out in a little bit. I, I somehow I skipped over this one. I don't know how that happened. It's not, dude. It's, I mean, it's pretty fucking good, dude. It looks pretty fucking good. Like the the way you like line yourself up before you take your shot is kind of like it, it reminds me because it's you know it's a precision based game. So it, it kind of I know, just inherently lends itself to this kind of thing. But like some of the better golf titles, which we're not even two yet. I don't know when we get to NES Tour or whatever the hell it is, NES Tour Mario Golf or whatever, whatever that late stage in NES golf game with Mario, it's fucking really good. It, it's kind of like that where you have like you, know, you got to like pick your you pick your ball weight and then like you line yourself up before you start your little power meter and power mm-hmm. or rather uh, angle 
choice mechanic you know you have to line yourself up the exact way you want so that factors into your decision making with how you use the meters you know and like the meters there's this back and forth meter thing that like changes the way you put your spin on the ball and stuff and it, like it was intuitive it made sense to me and like it just it just was really well done in my opinion it looked fucking pretty good for nes bowling so i don't see why they shit on it so bad hmm. i don't know rom started didn't give enough money i guess but <laughs> the... so i feel like it's boring. it's not popular enough we can yeah. drop drop right uh, American Sammy's Twin Cobra is last up, and this is a vertically scrolling chopper shmup. Jay, drop me and get to the chopper. <laughs> get to the chopper! So much, so many choppers in this mag. <laughs> uh, I guess you'd expect that I want to shit in this game, and I did, but it's not too fucking bad either. I don't know if I was just feeling extra. I don't know, the new year, the holidays has had me all fucking warm and fuzzy. I don't know what it was, but I wanted to shit in this game, and I still didn't you know, as a flying shmup. So, did you try this one? Yeah, I, I've. <laughs> it's funny that you said that because <laughs> I was playing it uh, I, this morning, I think, and the kids were talking to me about it, and they're like, "Oh, blah blah blah," blah. and I'm like, "Yeah, this is a flying game. This is you know a typical game, you know, from when I was like really really young. Like this is definitely from like the Atari era, very early NES era. Like there are tons of games like this. I was like, Fallen hates these games. Like." He <laughs> I hate the comments specifically. He would hate this game. <laughs> no, man. They, so, like, the I, I appreciated that the play field was wider than the screen. So, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not arbitrarily limited horizontally as you so often are in these games, you know, where you just fly to the edge of the screen and that's, you're just stuck there. You know what I mean? So, like, I appreciate that they did that and it gave you more control over, you know, I don't know, more realistic control over the fucking just playing the game. And that, that to me was, was worth mentioning. And, you know, we actually, we, we appreciated that extensively for Jackal, if you recall, but it, that's, you know, that's a land-based smug, yep. not, a, not a flying one, but nonetheless, that that's had that same feel to it, which is cool. And I thought it looked all right too, dude. Like, you know, like the, the, the Sprite casts a shadow on the ground, you know, and some of the, the bigger enemy Sprites do too. And that's just like a level of detail that you don't, you very rarely see in NES games. And it was even had utility in this game because it, it created some ground based enemy relativity for the bombing mechanic, you know, cause you, you, you do, you, you have as you know, this is also not unique by any length, but you have the sky bullets that you can shoot at other flying enemies. And then you also have some grenades or some shit that you throw down onto the ground to blow up tanks and shit that are down there. So, you know, I thought that was uh, a level of detail that was kind of cool. So, yeah, I think, I mean, you know, I still I don't want to fucking play it, but it, <laughs> you know, it's, it, by, again, by the genre standard, I thought it was pretty fucking good. So, yeah, you're, you're trying to avoid stuff. You're leveling up, getting stronger weapons each time. I mean, I'm generally sign me up. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it did have a little bit I noticed. And it's funny because, you know, I'm commending it for the visual accomplishments. I thought the water looks cool, too, when you, you, know, you take off off that carrier. Uh, it just oh, yeah. looked kind of good, but it did have some serious slowdown early on in that first stage too. That is probably that is not not even probably that is because they're trying to make it look good, you know. And we shit on the SMS when they pull that shit on the SMS and trying to make a game that looks better than the system can handle. And there's no reason we shouldn't do it for NES here too. So you know, on one hand it looks cool, but on the on the other hand they would try to go too far with it. I think because the it, gameplay suffered as a result. There are several other games in this same vein that are better so for sure for sure 
in the S Achievers next for some high score action. And as far as Ohio reppings go, which is the only thing we ever talk about from these, there is Adam Albert hailing from Sylvania, Ohio, and turning in a 691k bad dude score. Do you know who's from Sylvania, Jay? Not at all. Brother Brad Brown is from Sylvania, Ohio. Oh. <laughs> Dwayne Anderson of Springfield fin- uh, finished Double Dragon. And there is another Adam from Sylvania of the Gilbert variety. And he got the max score in Duck Hunt, 999,900. There is, there's a lot of Ohio people this month, actually. There's Billy Weatherhold of Mantua, Ohio, clocking in 1.2 million in Kung Fu Heroes, which is a shit game that I believe you kind of enjoyed a little bit when we uh, <laughs> talked about it. Wayne Montel of Guysville, Ohio, came just 17K, 17K short of an even mill in Marble Madness. And I, dude, that's that is fucking an accomplishment. <laughs> that fucking game. Racking up a million in Marble Madness is serious business. Yet another fucking Sylvania entry is the last from Assumed Brothers or maybe Father Son duo. I don't know. David and Brian Her finishing ISOH Game Up alum Strider. So, mm-hmm. you know, what we usually do with these is, uh, you know, kind of a geography lesson of sorts and all that sylvania action and the tie to brother red brown <laughs> really made me like leaning had me leaning towards it for ohio geography but i was thinking that it was maybe too well known it's i mean it's rather and maybe that's not the case but it's a rather affluent suburb of toledo so i thought perhaps you might know that and i like to be able to ask you and for you to be able to tell me that you don't know where the place is so on that note <laughs> uh i chose Absolutely, yeah, the, the obscure component of it, and I also love Marble Madness, so I'm going with Guysville, Ohio. And, yes, and as soon as I Googled, I knew I choose I chose Wiley because Guysville is indeed obscure as fuck. Because <laughs> I've, I've heard the other place, this place, well, I've never yeah, even heard of it. I, so, okay, yeah, I, I love to just ask it. Where is Guysville located, Jay? <laughs> I'm going to guess southeast somewhere. No, guess. I, Oh, no, no, no. Okay, now you're right. Uh, it is southeast. Whenever I'm unsure about Ohio geography, I always choose southeast because that's the part I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, you know, it's not around Cincinnati. It's not around Cleveland. It's, you know, it's it's got to be there. Like it's yeah. got to be there. Yep. Uh, border basically West Virginia. Uh so it is an unincorporated community in Southern Rome Township located in Athens County, Ohio. It's on the Hocking River at the junction of US Route 50 and State Route 329. And Hocking River is a canoeing destination, I believe. I feel like maybe our fraternity might have done some camping trips there. Is am I making that up in my head? We definitely did a whitewater rafting date party trip or whatever, whatever it was called. Down there somewhere. So it might have been there. I couldn't tell you where we were cuz I don't remember, but it might have been there. Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty sure that that's it, yeah. So, I rode uh, all the way home in Walker's freaking like convertible at the top. <laughs> freaking awesome. Nice, nice. <laughs> I definitely went on that day party, but I, I think I did anyways. I definitely, yeah, Whitewater. Yes, I did for sure. Who the fuck? I think. I, I don't remember much about it. Anyways, Guysville was laid out in 1836. There are, I guess that's not surprising. There's, I don't remember much about it based on our even most recent fucking <laughs> river trip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with the fraternity, um, I don't know when the hell was it. That was a while ago, now, like five years ago or something. Yeah, years ago. <laughs> Should do that again, so I can maybe remember it this time. Guysville was laid out in 1836. There are two facts for it on the wiki total. 
<laughs> fact one, a post office has been in operation there since 1838. Fact two, the community was named for Guy Barrows, the first postmaster of said post office. So, so I guess all you had to do to get a place named after you in 1838 was go to some random fucking place in the middle of nowhere and start a post office. <laughs> you need a post office here. Done. Baxterville. Do it. Right. Back, Baxterville. Fucking Todd. Toddville. Todd. <laughs> Todd Town. Todd <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Todd <laughs> So Athens County is where Ohio University is located, and that is home of a very famous annual Halloween college party scene that I went down for a number of years while living in Seabus. And that's actually what I remember more so than that, that camping trip. I definitely remember going down for at least two, maybe three of those Halloween parties. And I remember like sitting in fucking like bumper to bumper traffic <laughs> uh, going in for the weekend, you know, like on whatever it would have you know, Friday or Saturday, whenever we were going in. I remember sitting on like I think it's 33 is the main uh, artery highway into Athens and like literally dude like I, I remember like I think I got out of the car went into a gas station that we were sitting in front of got some shit probably drinking I'm sure like a fucking dickhead I wasn't driving but but I was still drinking while we were fucking driving down there and <laughs> like getting something to help me with that and then coming back out to the car and getting in it because it didn't go anywhere <laughs> like that level of traffic to get into some small college town to party for a weekend so I yeah definitely- remember that i'm pretty sure i might have been with you on one of those like i very well might have been that's very possible yeah i i definitely i remember that i have that memory because that was early on in the trip i don't remember much else about those trips uh also not yeah (laughs) so yeah and that is today's isoh ohio geography lesson brought to you by your mom nes journal dropping all the important gamer news comes next and first story is on the players poll winners from the nintendo hq tour contest explaining their itinerary and this sounds like a fucking blast dude did you read this uh yeah that would be so cool are you kidding me fucking amazing so listen so okay so starting from the friday airport arrival to hq for a tour of operations so they that's the first thing they do and then Saturday was an all-day Seattle sights tour, going around looking at the Space Needle, et cetera, et cetera. And then Sunday was a Seahawks-Chiefs NFL game at the Kingdome. And they actually mentioned specifically, so this was 1989 season. I think Steve Largent was, was there. And it says that it was a like a down-to-the-wire game where the Chiefs won in the, in the, in the closing minutes. So, so fucking, they went to, got to, to, a, to a great NFL game, uh, which yeah. I'm, I'm sure was like, you know, when they won that contest, when these kids won that contest, like that was, you know, there's just no way that was even on the radar of things they might be able to do on this cool ass weekend, you know? So super fucking cool that they chose to do that. And then Monday was a, so it's a four day trip. Monday was breakfast with Howie and he gave them cracks at a bunch of unreleased heat. So super Mario brothers, three river city ransom, Batman, super spike B ball, which is pretty fucking cool. So they got to play games that didn't even come out yet. And then they got to spend the rest of the day with game counselors, taking calls with them and then playing the games with the counselors. Like, again, we were just talking about how like those guys were like DD level, you know, as far as, mm-hmm. I don't know, just these, unattainable borderline superheroes you know what i mean so the idea of getting to spend the day with them in their little shitty cubicles <laughs> like playing those games and like, getting to, like you know i don't know how much you, if you've ever done any dives on those but there's you know they they had like these the binders and shit with all the maps that they had handmade themselves you know so oh, like yeah. yeah the kids would have got to like go through that stuff oh it just had to be so fucking cool i can't even imagine you know uh, oh, yeah. this yeah. the whole trip would have been just like a dream come true fucking lit man super fucking cool 
So that's cool. So they feature that here first up, and then there's some bullshit about what is that fucking what was the game? The World Cup. Uh, so yeah, some fuck. So they another another contest, and then short takes had what I would deem some really grimy shit in it, which is a few three little short stories about other current event stuff. And the first one is they're trying to usher children into indentured servitude with this Captain Nintendo one nine hundred sales pitch shit. Right. <laughs> did you did you oh, fucking read this? Yeah, it's fucking yeah. horrible. Yes. Yeah. They try to justify calling this to listen to a recorded two minute message about a certain game. That like they they like cycled it cycled it every week or two or something. They would have this whoever the fuck did the voiceover for Captain Nintendo would record a, a message just giving like you know a couple fucking tips about the game, and then there would also be shit about unreleased games. So basically, a fucking commercial at the end of it. You'd pay to listen to a commercial for Nintendo products, and it was a buck fifty for the two minute call, so seventy five percent cents a minute to to call this thing. And then they actually list the schedule for January, February in here of what games are going to be up. So, again, further incentivizing kids to fucking call. And I mean, maybe this hits home so hard with me because I did ring up my phone bill for 150 bucks calling 1-800 Spider-Man. That's a, uh, I've told that story on here before. <laughs> but uh, so maybe that's why it hits so hard to me, <laughs> knowing how influenceable a kid is on this front and how easy it is to pick up the phone and just dial. Like they try to, I don't know, uh, soften how grimy it is with that last paragraph, which very specifically reads, if you don't pay your phone bill but want to call Captain Nintendo, set up an IOU system with the person who pays the bill. You could also pay them in, in advance, and that's fucking indentured servitude. Right? <laughs> to call 1-900 numbers for fucking Nintendo games is super fucked up. It's just so fucked up, dude. Uh, set up an IOU system. Like, <laughs> right, right. Bro, I'm eight years old. Um, right. What? Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Spending your money before you even have it. Just teaching you capitalism at its finest there. <laughs> oh, man. I, I laughed at the horrible. Like uh, I, I am a fucked up human being and how much I enjoy all the horrible aspects of the world around us. And this is just like a perfect example of like this. I don't know. A rather innocuous version of it, but still funny uh, on that note. <laughs> the crazy thing about that side note having kids now it's like obviously i know to avoid random stuff like that but now i'm like man i gotta teach my kids all these little random things that i've learned and accumulated over time you got 15 kids that you need to just make a manual <laughs> <laughs> to fucking so streamline the fucking dissemin information dissemination dude <laughs> oh, funny. here you're seven now read this 35 page <laughs> manual I've made for your childhood. <laughs> It'll take you to about age, you know, 10, 11. Come back and see me then. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a volume two. <laughs> uh, so they go, they move from that to a full page on the 1990 Nintendo World Championships. Details about it. And there's another fucking one number here with additional recorded info about this shit. And this is 50 cents a minute, and, and that's so grimy that they try to charge you to give you information about something you're going to pay for. That's crazy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, why, why am I calling? Why am I paying money to get information about something that I don't have to pay to go to anyway? Like, what? Yeah. Fucked up. Fucked up. But much more important than that, dude, they fucking came to Cleveland. I am shattered, absolutely shattered to learn that I missed out on this opportunity, dude. Like, they were at 
the Public Hall Convention Center, March 16th to 18th. For I guess you call them like the qualifying whatever for the like each city had its own little qualifying uh-huh. component, and then the winners of those probably got to go play at the nationals or some shit or or uh, participate in the nationals. And yeah, the fact that they were in I mean they were 30 minutes away from me in in Cleveland. Dang, dude! How fucked up, dude! It's so fucked up, and like it's even it, it even it hurts more <laughs> to think that like I didn't get my first issue until the next one. So I literally missed this information by one fucking issue. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> my whole life would be different, Jay. <laughs> I'm, I'm just shattered, bro. I'm shattered. <laughs> yeah, I, w- I, w- I would have seen that and been like, Oh, that sucks. I live in Columbus moving on. Like, yeah, no, dude, I was only fucking not even 30, 27 minutes away. <laughs> super, I could have easily convinced mom. Been like, yo, mom, I'm about to win this tournament. Especially, yeah, that's, well, 16th and 18th. I don't know. Maybe that's the weekend. I'm not sure. I didn't go back and check. But the I'd guess it's probably a weekend. Oh, sure. You yeah. have to think. So, you know, driving on the weekend, there's no traffic at all. So definitely not. I hold that during school. I, I wouldn't even think you'd be holding that after school. That's definitely a weekend thing, I would right, think. For sure. Although it's three days. So I don't know. Maybe that's a holiday weekend. Yeah, I don't know. Right. March, March. Is there a holiday in March? I don't know. But in any event, the Celebrity Profiles features Stephen First, most recognizably from the National Lampoon Fratastic Classic Animal House as Flounder, the Hapless Pledge. And it's funny that this is in here after we've had all that these uh, light periphery mentions of our, of our frat days. <laughs> uh, his, his favorite game is Double Dragon 2. And he digs the couch co-op aspect of it. And I feel you on the couch co-op love, my dude. <laughs> so that was yeah. cool. It kind of felt like he was basically, I don't know, put up to that. And because he never really even mentions, I don't, I don't think he really even says that he's really that big of a fan of Nintendo games. It sounds like he's just talking about his kids for the most part playing these games, you know, which is, yeah. it's the first time they've done that with this, with this. It's always been like, what do these people play? And they're usually younger people, you know? Yeah. So that's an interesting choice. For this, but the this maniac's struggling actor survival gig was a pizza delivery dude in the mid seventies, and he would put his headshot in the pizza boxes when he did deliveries. And that sounds like the most desperate, pathetic thing you ever heard, right? Maddie Simmons, who is one of the National Lampoon head honchos, got one of these pizzas, and that's how he got cast in Animal House. What for real? Fucking real, dude! How crazy is that? How, how do logistics of that work? Like you, like You're, yeah, your headshot would be trashed. I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe, mean. maybe like, put I, them in plastic sleeves or something. <laughs> no, like, that would be ruined. Like you want to actually see. But it. also, you know, that's you know, that's kind of the thing, though. Well, one, yeah, you could you'd have to do something because if you just put it on top of pizza, people would be pissed off. So you couldn't have you couldn't have it actually sitting on the fucking pizza to soak up the juice or, or the fucking oil or anything, you know. So you must have done something, or maybe even you know he could have just. Put it, you know what he could have done is put it underneath the pizza in a plastic sleeve or something. So even that though, is touching it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. you'd have or to maybe, be maybe on, the, maybe on the inside of the lid of the black. Box. Yeah, maybe that. I don't know. It's funny, like you know, we're looking at it through a 2020 lens, and, and even if you take out the COVID aspect of that, like the you know, just th- people are just more anal about shit these days in general. Like back then, shit was just more lax. So like, you know, you he probably did just throw them into the box. And like back then, people would just get that and be like, ha, 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 and just throw it, throw it away. You know, like, right. like no, no big deal. Uh, before people were fucking, everyone was an asshole about everything. Uh, it probably would have went over a lot more easy. But yeah, you, you know, I'd be curious to know. I was not able, maybe that is located somewhere. I mean, I only did a light dive on, on, on that little story, but 
Hmm. Uh, it is certainly fun and interesting nonetheless. He would end up doing a lot of roles that were derivatives of playing that one character, basically, like various fratty party movies kind of deal, as well as he did some swings at kind of unrelated comedy roles that I don't sound like they really worked out too well as, as far as like really becoming big successes. But he would eventually get into producing and directing, and that seemingly went all right for him. He was doing that pretty much right up until he died at age 63 in 2017 from some diabetes complications, I guess. So he passed mm. away three years ago. Yeah, pretty interesting. That, 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 that fucking discovery story is crazy, man. Super fucking crazy. To even have, I mean, I just can't, you know, like, I don't know. I'm just so, such a fucking, just so resistant to putting myself out there like that. I just can't imagine <laughs> doing that. You know, I was always like, back when I was fucking working survival jobs, I just always so desperately tried to separate the two worlds, you know, like I never, yeah, I never like, I don't, I'm not talking to the people I work with about me being a fucking actor or st- even when I started producing shit, like that has nothing, like, I don't want to talk to you guys about that. I'm not trying to bore you with it. I don't want to hear your stories about it. <laughs> you know, which, yeah, like, uh, and then obviously, you know, you're trying to completely hide that when you're doing anything in the entertainment realm, you know, that you have to deal with that shit oh, in your life. Sure. Even though everyone around you is doing it too. It's just, it's so funny how you're inclined to do that, even though everyone is doing it. <laughs> uh, Next up is pack watch. And it's like, the, you know, previews shit. That's not out yet. And there's in here, there's as far as the big features go, there's super C there's wrath of black Manta. There's remote control, snake rattle and roll adventures of Lolo two and wall street kid. And, you know, there's some Super C is obviously dope. Wall Street Kid I mentioned as being a weird-ass game that I kind of like in a weird way. Adventures of Lolo 1 is a game I've mentioned enjoying a bunch uh, when we've kind of graced across it here a while back. So the second one's probably fun, too. So I look forward to giving that a, a try. Wrath of Black Manta is a game. It's actually, it's got a feature in that next episode, or next issue, rather. So, again, just because that was my first issue, like, Wrath of Black Manta has a weird significance to me. I don't know... It's kind of, it might be kind of in that Dino Wars vein where, like, it just might be nostalgia mm. that, like, it kind of, I remember it somewhat fondly, you know, but who knows? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, I feel but, like yeah. I may have played that just based on that huge guy in the picture, but. Yeah. It was, uh, it's a ninja game. And ninjas, we already mentioned ninjas. Almost, ninjas almost as good as wizards. The gossip blurb about upcoming LJN licensed schlock is a company. It's on that first page there in the bottom left corner. It's accompanied by a mascot that looks suspiciously like a cock and balls with legs. <laughs> <laughs> it's supposed to be a hand with a finger up, but come on, that's a cock and balls. I mean, look. <laughs> and if you think about it, it makes total fucking sense for an LJN mascot to be cock and balls. <laughs> <laughs> to to play into the um, shitty non LJN at all times kind of uh, thing that everyone likes to do, even though I don't necessarily fully buy into it. But yeah, I I, I looked at and just I chuckled out loud. I couldn't, you know, maybe maybe that's juvenile of me. I could not resist. <laughs> the uh, the gossip galore section at the very end of this gets to the bottom of our NES play action football release delay speculation. We've talked a little bit about that. How you know the features were in the magazine here and then it wouldn't it doesn't actually come out till september of 1990 so we, we were kind of like what the fuck's up with that clearly that's not what they planned they, they would have wanted uh to be pitching the game way before it comes out like that so they say here that it won't be out until the 1990 football season due to programming delays so that's okay yep. All right. 
so that's interesting. And the, uh, well, I don't know, do you have anything from the gossip shit jump out to you? Nah, nothing else here. Uh, the, so after that, the bookend is two pages for the Players Poll Contest. And the grand prize winner in this case is a complete and total holy shit. <laughs> it is... <laughs> You and 25 guests are treated to a private sneak preview theater presentation of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie by New Line Cinema. And can you fucking imagine how cool that must have been to tell us to think about going to school? And your best friend, you walk up to him and you tell him, this, you, uh, dude, okay, I won this thing. <laughs> like, like, the two kids have to make, I don't know, like, I feel like it's, it's I would love to so badly want to know the story because, like, some parents, helicopter momming would helicopter mom this and like kind of try to manage it for them you know what i mean uh to keep them from doing some really shitty stuff <laughs> you know what i mean that a kid could be even <laughs> even unknowingly just predisposed to do in in the situation but like if they if that were not the case and, you, and, the, and the child had full autonomy over the decision making of who might get invited to this thing like imagine them at school making these determinations and the kind of power struggle that you could exert over your entire <laughs> entire student body. <laughs> Uh, of course, I already have my list. Like, hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like Billy, you're gonna give me that copy of fucking Double Dragon Two you just got for Christmas. <laughs> I know, you know, like, like Ninja Turtles. Let me uh, tell you something. Yeah. So fuck it. Yeah, you can just be extorting the shit out of kids, <laughs> which is great. Uh, you probably get like, that. That I told the story of that too. But when I was selling my Game Boy or renting my Game Boy out on the bus, and like when I got caught doing that, and how I had to like go back to the kids and give them their money, like that's what I envisioned. Like the kid getting caught halfway through his scheme, and then having to return all the things to the kids and make them and let them <laughs> and then let them come to the movie anyways because their parents get notified. <laughs> like it could backfire so badly on you. Uh, so yeah, I would be much more low key with it. Like, well, so this is what we're gonna do. So you can get an invite. But I know you always come to school with those zebra cakes. <laughs> right, yeah, see. I'm gonna need those every nah, Thursday. I, I am I I was a capitalist child, dude. I was I want I'm gonna squeeze every drop of blood out of this turnip, dude. <laughs> I am a I am a animal at the negotiating table. <laughs> you got it and I can get it. You're not leaving here with it. I got bad news. Oatmeal <laughs> cream pies. I am stuck. Second prize is also kind of cool, but there's some serious variance in what the prizes actually are. So each winner gets a pairing of a VHS copy of a blockbuster motion picture and then the NES adaption of that movie. So that's kind of just a cool creative idea they came yeah. up with for, for a second prize. So that sounds kind of cool. So they have the list here of the actual movies that are going to be involved. And there is Batman, of course, Friday the 13th, Ghostbusters, Godzilla, Karate Kid, Nightmare on Elm Street, Platoon, Predator, Rambo, Robocop, Superman, Three Stooges, Top Gun, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Willow. So it is just a murderer's row. Yeah, of- there's serious variation there. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would say there's only a couple that really, like Platoon, because it's like too, you know, that game, that movie is way too, that's a deep movie. There's a lot of shit going on there. It's Oliver Stone, you know, he's got something to say with that movie. Like there's, you know. I mean, there's war, so you can, as a kid, probably, I mean, clearly they made it into a video game, and that's kind of what they play off of, or tried to play off of, rather than all the political shit that Oliver Stone is trying to say in every movie he does, you know? So, like, that has the war thing. You can get away with that as a kid movie. But, like, Three Stooges is kind of like an old property, and that's kind of weird outlier in this situation, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, 
that's that's exactly what I mean. Like if I get if I win bat if I get second prize and I get Batman, I'm freaking stoked. Yeah. The movie is fu- exciting, the game is fun, I'm happy. Yeah. If I get three stooges, like what? I'm going to throw it in the garbage. I'm not going to watch the movie. Like I hated I hated those shows when yeah. my mom was watching back in the day. Like I'm not playing that game. Like it just and that's funny too because yeah that that yeah yeah those movies fuck those movies and like them but we, we we i think maybe you didn't try it i did i tried that game that game is fucking horrible it's like mini games like <laughs> terrible fucking video game so just on both fronts you're just such a loser in that case and that's worth noting because they you know they don't they're giving away 15 of these they choose at random you don't get to pick it's not like you get to just pick from the list like they have 15 copies of each of this game they're giving away or each of these things they're giving away and they're just sending to you you know so you don't get to fucking choose what you get so you win this prize you know like you send in your entry you get notified that you won the second prize probably i'm guessing maybe they just ship it to you and you don't have this this moment i guess but in my mind when i was writing this that's how it worked you get notified you won and then you're going to get the shit later <laughs> but what, not telling you what it is so then you know you win this thing you see the list you're sitting there you just every day you're just going like i mean i don't know how you were with fucking mail coming when you were a kid dude oh my god like i just it was oh, something about it, it. like is it today oh. yeah oh fucking just like oh, just hanging off the fucking mailbox door <laughs> like fucking <laughs> is it here let me in let me see it so yeah anything coming in the mail so stoked for so you'd be so hyped up about this <laughs> and then the shit shows up in the mail and you're wishing for whatever you want, Batman, whatever it is, whatever's the thing you just can't get enough of out of these fucking properties, which there's plenty here for that. And then, yes, three fucking stooges shows up in the mail, like just shattering, bro, shattering. Every other every other game movie on that list has something redeeming, even if the game is not great, the movie's great, or even if the movie's OK, the game could be fun like that to me is just like a double loser. <laughs> yeah, it's a total Three fucking, total, total gut punch. A fucking gut punch to a seven year old. <laughs> Pretty mm. rough. Third place is this fucking doofus Howie in his Nintendo Power <laughs> jersey, as, as as we see every fucking month. Village theme from Willow. Nice little ditty. All right. I didn't even write any games down, Jay, because I know I'm not steering you off of either Double Dragon or fucking River City Ransom here. So just tell me which NES beat em up we're playing and put me out of my misery. <laughs> uh, I-, I love that approach, Josh. <laughs> I-, I like where you're headed at. Um, so this is what I was thinking. So. I had three games. So in addition to those two, of course, I put Batman because Batman is very fun. Um, but again, I did not know that both Double Dragon and River City Ransom were going to both be here. So I wrote down both of those two, obviously, in two-player mode. Now, again, as I mentioned earlier, I played through all of Double Dragon on the Warrior mode. So if we played through it again... It would have to be on that Supreme Master mode or whatever it's called <laughs> to get the full nine mission ending. Sure, sure. That's not it. 
So I'd be down. I research, so I wouldn't have known that. I just got into it. I definitely would not have picked the hardest level. <laughs> Either like I didn't know. Now that I know, it's like oh, I kind of want to know what happens because I don't remember that. I don't remember how how it turns out now. So super interested in that. But then River City Ransom, man, it's River City Ransom to me. As much as I love the Double Dragon franchise, I feel like River City Ransom might be one of my the greatest games of all time. Like just one of my most favorite of all time. And the fact that I'm playing. Like the successor version, you know, 20 years later or whatever it is, and it's still fun and making me want to go back and play that other one. It says a lot, man. It says a lot. Um, <laughs> so I I don't know. I, 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 I did just play through Double Dragon, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking maybe River City Ransom. Not going to argue with you all. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Ransom is. Uh, <laughs> I'm not even gonna explain myself. Uh, like okay, it. cool. What's that? I said I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Double Dragon. Oh, man. I would, you know, I would certainly enjoy the co-op, but I think play, trying to get to that, especially the hardest fucking level, kill me. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was definitely tougher in the later missions because I did, like, I started and played just through like mission four or five, and I stopped. And I was like, all right, let me just stop here and you know just continue through the magazine, and then. Like a couple hours later, I just came back to it because you know I've been off the last is week. There, is there unlimited continues in that? Um, there are not, but like I made it that far without having to. Like I was just flying through it, and I was like, "Wow, this is good." But I started getting concerned. Like, man, I'm gonna need to continue here. Like, because I thought, like, based on the magazine, I thought there were only like six missions. Like, I forgot. Like, I I didn't even notice that there were eight, eight to nine. But I knew as I started, as I got past six. I only have one life left. I'm probably going to die here at some point. Like I'm going to need to continue. So there is a way you continue, but it involves like pressing select on the second controller, oh, which yeah. wasn't really set up for me right now. So I was like, ah, dang. But there's some cheats. There's some cheats if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Word. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fucking River City Ransom is infinitely more enjoyable in my opinion. So yeah, again, no fucking arguments. Great. All right. We'll do that. And we'll also fucking figure out the logistics. River City Ransom is no small undertaking either, dude, but the... I know, that's what I was thinking. Like, this yeah. is a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, but uh, that, we'll figure out the, the logistics of getting rolling on Ultima. I'll send you that strategy guide, of course, to, to just to get you, fucking get your feet wet, maybe, and then we'll we'll discuss with Jab about uh, how to... Like I said, it's kind of weird, too, because that, you know, we talk about how every time we do a game... That's in a new fucking whatever. We got to like design a new system. Like we're in, in that case, like, yes, we did another RPG and that should be kind of the same thing. But because Jab and I don't know everything about it, like deciding where our stopping points are, how we're going to, I don't know if we just like maybe talk kind of vaguely with each other about how to, you know, or about where, you know, where we're at currently and then like find the stopping point that we're going to talk about. That's like below all three of these or something, you know, or below all three data points rather. You know, to, to get a feel for, um, but then it's tougher to track the data for our stupid little infographics. I don't know. We got to figure out a system that works, basically. So, let's we'll put our heads together and sort that. But, um, yeah. word, Buckeye, that's that's the first ISOH uh, of twenty twenty one. Goodbye twenty twenty, and we will be playing River City Ransom next, and then 
We will be digging into Game Pro Issue 6, and you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, etc., etc. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to and enjoy our nonsense on. And with the website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page and the subreddit and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on YouTube. The links to all those are in the show notes, as they always are. Jay. Micro machining through this fucking. I feel like a number, a number of times I've had to. Mi- I've been micro machining fucking through this. This <laughs> talking too fast. Like, is this gonna? Is this all gonna be illegible when I go to edit this? <laughs> no, I, I can understand you. I, okay. I you. <laughs> okay. Cool. So, Jay, what are your socials? Uh, my gamer tag is gentleman JB without the second e. That's pretty much uh, how I interact. Josh. Oh, yeah, I, I gotta fucking say my gamer tag now. I, was, yeah. I wasn't even sure I was the right terminology. I was worried I was when I was I, when I, like we were talking to Steve on the Facebook page about this shit with, with Frank and culture and like, fuck it. I was like, I said, I said, my gamer tag is two, two minute Todd or whatever. And I was like, I was like, wait a minute. Is that the way to say that? Like, <laughs> like I wonder this fucking... So yeah, my gamer tag is two minute Todd, no punctuation or, or, or spaces or anything. And my Instagram is at my shift key is broke. And my Twitter is at Josh Folan. Okay. Bye. Bye.